welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. Sit down, pour yourself a drink, grab yourself some snacks, and enjoy listening to friends talk, laugh, and argue about all the game, uh, all the latest gaming and general pop culture news. My name is Patrick. I am once again joined by what I've already described in the description as friends, uh, Seth, Steve, and Josh. We should plug that we have socials now. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Fast Travel Lounge and Twitter at Fast Travel Lounge Missing and L. I don't know whether that's from the end of travel or the start of lounge, but I'm sure you will find us there if you search hard enough. Welcome to episode two. We made it through episode one. Uh, we got a lot of feedback about the first episode, which was great. Uh, a lot of it was negative, which wasn't as good, but I've disabled the Wi-Fi on my mum's iPad, so we should be good to go from next week. <laughs> uh, we'll do a quick round the lounge so that listeners can get a little taste of what we have coming up in this episode. To start us off, uh, uh, I will mention what will be coming up from my section. I've been playing the new Deep Rock Galactic update after what was basically a 20-minute chill session from me last week, uh, so you get to hear all about that. And then the majority of my time, I will be talking about my time at the Mexican festival of Forza Horizon 5. Josh, what about you? What will our lovely listener listen to you talk about, and why is it also Forza Horizon 5? <laughs> yeah, definitely been playing Forza Horizon 5 quite a bit, um, obviously landing in Mexico and, and going through there, so we'll talk about that. Uh, played a little bit of the Deep Rock Galactic update as well, and then I've also completely beaten Voice of Cards within like two days because I have no self-control. <laughs> awesome, looking forward to that. Steve, uh, what's coming up in your show and tell segment? Yeah, so um, I've been jumping into Planet Coaster, getting some serious roller coaster tycoon vibes from that. And I've also gone back in time to finish up Dead Space 3 from what I started a, quite a journey on. And that's pretty much it. That's all that's on my plate. Fantastic. Our one lovely listener, I'm sure, will enjoy that discussion. And Seth, lucky last, what about you? Uh, what will we, you be treating our lovely listener to this episode? So I've got to start watching some Animal Logic movies. So I've watched Peter Rabbit 1 and 2, uh, and I've been killing cops and buck up and drive and killing friends and Jack X. Okay, that seems like a good as, a good as segue as we're going to get. Uh, why don't you just start elaborating on the cops and friends that you've been killing this week? Okay, so the first one I'll explain is the cops because, you know, fuck the popo. But um, yeah, so Buck Up and Drive is a game that's released pretty recently uh, within the past few months. It's only $8, but uh, I'm a poor bitch, so I've only played the demo. Uh, which contains uh, five uh, five levels that you can go through. It's a um, it's an endless driver based on Outrun, but instead of getting to an end goal, you just keep driving until you eventually just don't hit the end of a track. And uh, it's the driftiest game I have ever seen. It really needs a Eurobeat soundtrack, but unfortunately it doesn't have one due to uh, tech problems. It's also not going to be getting any updates in the future because of tech problems, which is unfortunate because the developer had a lot of plans to add more tracks, add more cars, update the music a bit. But um, yeah, so just based on the demo alone, this game is fantastic. You got, uh, you just going around driving in a Ferrari, uh, drifting around everywhere. The drifting builds up a turbo meter, which you can spend on either boosting or doing a hurricane attack. And doing either the boost or the hurricane attack will uh, knock cars out of the way. And by doing that, you gain aggro from the police. And once the police start chasing you, you've got to use those attacks to knock out the police. <laughs> uh, doing those uh, obviously nets you more points because since it's an endless runner, you, uh, you're aiming for a high score. 
and it, uh, yeah, the more you go through, the more things you unlock. You just experience like grinding on rails with your car, uh, running through, uh, driving through the air, and doing front flips and back whoa, flips. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. Grinding on rails with your car. What is this? Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Cars. What? Yeah, can we wind back to 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 that real quick? Yeah, so you uh, you can go off a turbo pad that's uh, angled for as a jump, and if you um if you aim for it, you can just uh, uh, grind on the side rails of the road, and one it, it does give you a hop off when you get to the end of the rail, so you can keep going back and forth between left and right rails if you're really skilled, and you can drift while grinding on the rails to build up the boost and the spin. So okay, so I'm glad that you touched on that because when you said that you that you have sort of effectively two power ups by the sounds of it, you got boost, which I'm sure everyone that's played a racing game understands how boost and turbos and things work in a car. But you just kind of glossed over the hurricane attack aspect of this. What the hell is that? <laughs> it's just the car spinning in a circle. And you don't slow down while spinning in a circle. You do not slow down while spinning in a circle. Do you have to yell, Beyblade, Beyblade, let it rip, while you make the spinning move? Or is that optional? Even better, there's just anime speed lines permanently around the screen. <laughs> Only <laughs> if you're going race. 200 fast an hour. <laughs> yeah, the, the kilometers that would, would, well, not kilometers, but how they measure it in the speedo. I don't know if they call it a speedo. I think they call it something else in the game. But yeah, it's it's in fast per second, which is pretty great. That's, it's also, that's you great. also don't travel kilometers, you travel fastometers. That's right, yep. <laughs> I see that this developer will also use anything except the metric system. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Clearly from the US. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably based in the US. So the other the other, the other, other question I had is that you said uh, there are different, or that, that you're on the same track, or that you want to unlock, uh, that the developer wanted to put in other tracks. But, right, yes. So is it is it like a time trial thing where you just, you keep going through gates and get a certain amount more time to make it to the next one? Like the old arcade style ones? That's exactly it, but... Um, it it's a, it's similar to Outrun, so that's uh, when you finish a um a gate, it branches into two paths, and uh, each path is another uh basically environment to look at and drive through. So for the um for this demo, you start off in like a rocky wasteland area, then you can go to like a grassy area, then I'm not sure I can't remember what the third one is off the top of my head. Sorry, but the last two are fantastic. One is you go to the fucking moon, and that's why it's called the fucking moon. <laughs> and the uh, second one is Green Hill Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, wow. Okay, that's that's a pretty cool integration. And so you say this is a demo. Is the full game, because I haven't heard anything about this, is the full game either out? Is this like an old game, or are you just playing the demo? I was just playing the demo, but the full game is out. It's been out since August, and it's only $8. Aha, uh-huh. okay. It's, it's, on the, it's on the creator's uh, itch.io page. And uh, it's a very um, 2D game as well. Like it's very flat and like pixel arty. It's not like a, it's, it's not like Forza Horizon. Or yeah, something it's like that. it's very it's, pixel arty, but it is in 3D it's models. It's like low poly 3D models with stylized oh, graphics, it? like stylized textures. Interesting. Looks great though, but especially for an eight dollar game. Yeah, it's it's really fantastic. Obviously, something that you'd be able to drift in. We all expect and and want Eurobeat to be the soundtrack. But what is the soundtrack? It's just a uh, it's just a pretty generic rock sounding uh, riff at the moment. That like it's like a one minute loop, unfortunately. If you start if you start running low on time to get to the next gate or checkpoint, does it play like low HP Gen Five music or something to to give a sense of a sense of urgency? 
It does not know. That's uh, disappointing. Yeah, there's 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 a few things there's a few things this game could have done to touch up a bit more, but also for eight dollars, and it, like he's working with a very limited game engine. <laughs> uh, it I I can't complain a whole lot about it, but uh, just on like a general game feel and gameplay level, it's really fun. And I'd also like to add in that uh, this developer, just for the sake of it, one day he woke up and decided to throw in a fighting game mode into the game as well. With the cars? With the cars, yes. With the cars. <laughs> it's just uh, you and another car driving down an endless road, uh, drifting around each other, trying to do the boost or the spin into each other. You also have a uh, guy will flash kick if they jump over you to try and do a dive bomb onto you. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a bit in depth for what it is. <laughs> you also have like a ranged attack where like you're you're drifting right, and then you can kind of kind of like shoot turbo flames out of the back of your car towards them. Right. Yes. Uh, it's pretty cool. That that's the um the the hurricane move that was mentioned earlier. If you do it in the um in the multiplayer mode, it throws a, a fireball at the opponent. It's pretty cool. I was watching you play it for like an hour. <laughs> it was definitely worth playing. I'll probably pick it up at some point. Wow, yeah, sounds like something that I might also have to pick up. Yeah, um, I'd I'd highly recommend everyone at least try out the demo because it's not gonna hurt you. It's like two gigs at most for the demo. <laughs> Is it on Steam as well, yeah. or just on itch.io? Just on itch.io. Uh, they did want to put it onto consoles and uh, Steam, but because of those uh, engine issues, they might not be able to anymore which is I, very I, unfortunate. I feel like a game that sells at full price for $8 is the cheapest that I've heard for it also having a demo. Yeah, it's... um. So the thing that it separates the demo from the full game is that you get a lot less um environment variety. Also, the police are way less aggressive in the demo, so I've made it through like 50 tracks before I lost. But um, they look way more intense in the full game, like... So all all I had to deal with when I was playing was that the cops would uh, charge at me or they would throw fines at me, which would lower my score. <laughs> but in the full game, they start dropping uh, red and blue sh shells behind them to try and hit you. And some of them will dive into the air and just do a, a dive bomb onto you. And do that, does it escalate like a GTA 5 style thing of, you know, you get five stars and then they bring tanks or is it just more... <laughs> I think it's every time you take out one, it moves on to the next rank because it keeps a counter next to you, uh, down at the bottom next to your heat gauge, which is what would be your um, wanted level. And uh, they just keep a badge there and uh, multiply a number for how many you've taken out. So it's like you take one out, then it'll go up a level. You take two out, it goes up another level. And I, from what I've seen, I think it maxes out four, but I could be wrong about that. I think it's probably important just because it's so great to talk about some of the lines that it shows up when the people and you actually take out the police. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but you would. Uh, they they have um some pretty good ones like just fuck the police and uh, a cab are in there, and uh they also have uh, some uh trans visibility uh billboards like they have trans flags, bi flags, supporting them. Apparently, people have been complaining about it and asking, oh, why is this game so political? And his response was just <laughs> posting the J.K. Simmons laugh gif at them. Oh, uh, excellent. <laughs> That's great. I, I, I love how for an $8 game, you get a side of political agenda. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it's, it, it's pretty fine, actually. <laughs> like, it's all in the background. He's he's not backing down against the people that complain about it. So, honestly, he deserves my $8. <laughs> yeah. 
There was also a billboard that I remember seeing as you drove past before, where instead of shell, it just says shill. Yeah, it's a shell logo great. and it says shill. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that one. <laughs> so do you reckon you'll be playing this game with a yellow jacket with a scorpion on the back? God, yeah, Ryan Gosling is just me for real. <laughs> Guys, it's 2021. We have to talk about Baby Driver, not Drive. <laughs> Why not both? They True. are both me for real, for real. I swear. <laughs> and I guess just like both of those movies, you've also been playing two games with driving. So Yeah, so um, that leads me into talking about uh, Jack X, which is honestly probably my favorite racing game at this point um the only other real contenders are other type of kart racing games like crash team racing or sonic and uh, all stars racing transformed i'm not really into sim races all that much i do kind of like them but i prefer the arcadey ones but um yeah jack x is just kind of something special uh you take like the mario kart's aspect but you add in twisted metal on top of it and it's just this uh, uh chaotic mess of uh pure enjoyment how does it compare to a real uh kart racing game like crash tag team racing for the psp uh, <laughs> excellent uh, question josh surf your response blows it out of the water because it has an actual proper story mode I don't know how to respond other than really. <laughs> <laughs> is it a good story mode? I can't imagine. It's like a, a cohesive narrative. No, it, um, it's actually a pretty good story mode. Uh, so it follows on from some plot points from Jack 2 where... Uh, so in Jack 2, Jack works for this big underground mob boss. And uh, without getting into spoilers for an almost 20-year-old game, let's just say that things happen now. Um, uh, your going to this uh, funeral for him and uh, the mob uh, boss <laughs> yeah for the mob boss oh, okay to, cool uh, jack and friends are at a funeral for him and uh, uh he's in his will he's like oh here's this bowl of wine that uh i want everyone to toast in my honor and uh, upon drinking it the will says ha that's it you've all been poisoned now you've got to race for me and so you can get the cure from the my lackeys, basically. I'm suddenly all in for this game. 10 out of 10. <laughs> what a twist. Well, it's funny that you bring up the, the, the Twisted Metal, um, that it's got sort of Twisted Metal elements, because Twisted Metal, as I remember it, also had, I'm not going to say a good story, but it was a memorable story, <laughs> both both for the original titles and the remaster that they did in 20... Ooh, 14? 2012, I think. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe 2014 was a bit late. Yeah, I remember yeah, that but Twisted the, Metal. Yeah, the, the, the late remaster where the, the final boss was just a... It was like Waluigi Pinball, but in like in like an arcade race, uh, in like a, a twisted metal setting. Um, but it's cool that, yeah, Jack, because I, I can't actually think of too many arcade races that have stories, just even in general. Yeah, no, you don't get them often. Uh, Crash Team Racing had a few cutscenes, like... Just an intro and outro cutscene. I think Diddy Kong Racing had the same thing with just an intro and outro cutscene. But most of them. No, are Diddy just... Kong Racing's got a, a pretty good story. I remember. Well, actually, I went to the Wikipedia page where everyone could go to look it up. Um, oh, it, okay. it actually is quite. It's quite more in depth than what you think. Oh dang! <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was just like an intro and outro, and that was it. Well, right. It's probably what it should have been. I'm not sure if it's any type of not a fever dream, but like <laughs> if it, it's. 
it's definitely out there. You can definitely watch the a Let's Play or someone playing VidCon Racing to get all the story beats that you didn't know that you need. I may have to do that at some point just to catch up on uh, arcade game racing, uh, arcade racing game stories. Hmm. What about the implied story in Mario Kart of Luigi's death stare to everyone he passes? <laughs> He's the true protagonist of that game. <laughs> I, I wish there was as much story in Mario Kart as there was in that one stare. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good, yes. Oh man, when are we getting a new Mario Kart? Oh. Yeah. Mario Kart <laughs> next year. Prepare for it, lads. But yeah, oh. um, so uh, also on top of those, there's also a little bit of um burnout in uh, inspiration in Jack, uh, Jack X. Um, so before Explain every, how. before every event, you get those um like Crash FM style radio things where they tell you about the event and what's going to be happening and what sort of oh, events you're going to. Loved those. Yeah, those were great. Oh uh, man. When when you destroy a car uh, in a race or in a deathmatch or something, you get like a, a very you get like the slow motion kill cam. Same thing when you die, you get a slow motion blow up of your uh, your vehicle. You've uh, you've been blowing up Twitter with those. <laughs> yeah, no, I I put up some of my uh, more fun clips from doing the story mode. I'm like three quarters of the way through now. Uh, I'll probably end up finishing it tonight or tomorrow night just because I've been having a blast with it. Well, I I know that we've already just plugged the Fast Travel Lounge Twitter, but where would people go to find these clips on on your Twitter? Uh they'd be at uh, uh at Kai underscore Burr, the same thing as my uh my Twitch handle from the last episode. Oh, cheeky uh, go, double plug! I like it. Yeah, go follow me on both <laughs> of those. Uh, you'll you'll regret the Twitter one. <laughs> can confirm you will regret this one. Oh, uh, you're supposed to tell them that in episode three damn it uh oh well cat's out of the bag um it's the comeback arc what yeah uh i oh shoot that was that was going to be a uh i did have a follow-up question well you're, you're playing it on the ps5 right by the way yeah yeah oh. i've been playing it on the ps5 because um uh sony released a handful of ps2 games on the playstation 4 store and just because of that level of um, backwards compatibility the PS5 has, I can play it there. That's what I was going to ask, because a lot of the older games, weirdly, are not a huge number are coming to my mind now, but when I played racing games back on the PS2 as just a smaller version of myself now, um, you could often use either the D-pad or the analog stick. And I don't remember what age it was, but I used to prefer the D-pad when I was like younger, and then something happened, monster. some monumental change, and then I switched to the left stick, like you know, a normal, a normal development child. Um, but how, how? I, I'm assuming that if this is a re-release for PS5, that you just use left analog stick. I've just been using left analog stick. I haven't actually thought about trying to touch the D-pad. I don't. I <laughs> didn't even consider it at this point. I, yeah, but well, um, thanks for that. Uh, I'd be curious actually, if it works though. I, there's actually a thing about that in that our crash team racing uh speed runs and like doing the best at the game is actually uh d-pad is the most efficient way to do it for some reason this is why uh, crash tag team racing is the better game just to just to throw that again out there <laughs> you are you are making a lot of crash fans very unhappy and mad at you i know suffer <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Just to cap off this Jack X segment, because honestly, I don't think I have a whole lot more to say on it now. Uh, I've just been really enjoying my time with it, and like, honestly, 
it's probably my favorite racing game revisiting it. But it amazes me that both times that Naughty Dog has made a racing game, it's been like this weird in-between project where they're just scrounging something together to um get one more game out before their big next-gen push. So Crash Team Racing was between Crash Free and Jack and Daxter. Jack and Daxter was taking a little bit to come out and they just needed that extra game in between. And CTR is arguably one of the best kart races to ever come out. And Jack X was in between Jack Free and uh, uh, Uncharted 1. Uncharted 1 was taking a while because PS3 development was hell. The PS3 got delayed an extra year. So they were really like, we can't take this extra year of no income. We really need to put something out. And they pump out Jack X and it's fantastic. And honestly, a really good racing game. And God, Naughty Dog, please make Uncarded or The Fast of Us. We need one of those. The so, Fast of Us. Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic. Like, that needs to happen just for the name alone. If, Holy shit. If that is the case, though, between what and what was Mario Kart 7 and Mario Kart 8? And when are we getting fabled Mario Kart 9? Uh, I guess getting Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Switch U Pro. <laughs> no, see, they already they already released Mario Kart 8 Deluxe after Mario Odyssey. So whatever the next uh, major 3D Mario game is, it's gonna be have to be after that. It's just Deluxe with two X's. Yeah. <laughs> oh it's no, may, maybe 64. maybe they'll just call it OLED Mario Kart uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Oh god, can you? You know, that? forget <laughs> forget Mario Kart 9. Let's just give us an F Zero. Come on, do it. <laughs> Mario Kart 4K on Mario Kart 4K. So That'll just be Mario Kart 8 Deluxe 2Xs. <laughs> four. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, yeah, no, no, no. It's, it'll be Deluxe spelt with 4Ks. <laughs> <laughs> better than 3Ks. Uh, yeah, definitely better than 3Ks. <laughs> 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 what, if they, uh, what if they call it like a... Um, they, they release two versions of it concurrently and they're both exactly the same except run, one runs at 480p and they call that one like the light and then they call the other one the XL. <laughs> The new Mario Kart. <laughs> I feel like I oh, feel no. like the more technical we get these analogies, <laughs> the, the more background you need on Switch consoles <laughs> and Nintendo hardware for it to be funny. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, anyway, on that on that hospital pass uh, of a of a segue, um, it uh, were there any is, is there anything else that you've been up to this week, Seth? Ah, uh, yes, I watched Peter Rabbit one and two just because um, uh. I need to catch up on Animal Logic movies uh, for reasons. And uh, um, I just started with those ones and uh, they're very fun movies. Um, like very, very much children's movies, like family movies. But um, the first one- So they're laced with dirty jokes for adults, right? Actually, wait. No, I don't think so, actually. So they're um, actually kids' movies. Yeah, so they're actually kids' movies, yes. Well, Peter that's Rabbit, disappointing. Peter Rabbit is very clean. From memory, anyway, I watched these like a week and a half ago. But um, you're right; that is a long time ago. Very clean before yeah. the furry community got to it. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the first one has like a really nice heart to it about like um, Peter just trying to deal with uh, uh new family coming in and things like that. Uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of fun moments. Like there's a f- there's a uh, garden battle between a person throwing dynamite at the rabbits and the rabbits throwing tomatoes at him. And peanuts because, oh uh, no, blackberries because he's allergic to them. I feel like that's a one-sided fight. 
Yeah, uh, you'd think so, but the rabbit the rabbits are very, very quick and clever. Uh it, the guy sets up an electric fence to try and keep the rabbits out at one point and they rewire it to uh basically uh rig his entire house to be electrified. So every time he tries to open a door he just gets blown away. Uh he touches it uh his drain pipe and it shocks him and makes him pass out for an entire day. <laughs> uh the rabbits are very violent. Yeah, so so hang on. So <laughs> so who who was the aggressor here? Because this sounds like we might be sending questionable morals to, to children with this. Uh both kind of, I think. Uh the the rab <laughs> the rabbits the rabbits are like instigating by wanting to go into the garden and get vegetables. And okay. the guy is also an instigator by trying to kill the fucking rabbits. <laughs> It's just an analogy for capitalism. <laughs> it really is, <laughs> but, uh, but but it's it's what matters in the end, where they all come together and become one big happy family. And they just but not capitalism. And, 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 and they just forgive communism. the uh, multiple concussions suffered and multiple sticks of dynamite thrown. And also the rabbit's home being blown up, and the woman that lives across the road having her house half destroyed. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of destruction in this movie. What's These this? children's movies sound incredibly violent. It's probably why I it's probably why I like the first one more than the second one because the second one has far less destruction. <laughs> so where does this fit in in the Peter Rabbit cinematic universe? The PRCU, if you will. Uh, <laughs> Zootopia is probably way in the future because those animals are all very sophisticated in their own society. These are just uh, these are just rabbits living in a farmland. Has anyone else seen Watership Down? I have not. No. I'm taking that. Okay, no, it's fine. Uh, Wait, hang it's... on. I want to take three seconds. Did you just say that rabbits live in a society? Uh, in in Zootopia, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we live in a society. Wow, we have so much in common. Yeah, we have so much in common with rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I try and kill rabbits. They rig my house with electric cabling. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> no, I... The, the, the only reason I ask about Watership Down is just because there's, there's probably people that are going to listen to that going, why is he bringing up Watership Down? It's it's a... It's like an animated uh, kind of like Beatrix Pottery style, like 2D cartoonish sort of done um, kids movie from whew, the 90s, I think, at this point. But the problem is, it's a kids movie that when you watch it as a child, you just become traumatized by. So I'm just glad that Peter Rabbit exists where what sounds like the same amount of violence, but without the trauma yeah no um uh, uh, i didn't know this but my cousins have watched both movies and they apparently love these movies and they're their favorite movies so i'm glad i got that <laughs> uh context now um but yeah uh moving on to the second movie because the first movie is like it's it's very heartwarming it's a lot of fun the second one kind of follows <laughs> on and um the rabbits are, now have a book after them in the second movie and uh uh, Sorry, a, a book after them is the book pursuing them. No, no, as in like a book, a book based on their lives. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so like, it's like an in-universe version of the real-life Peter Rabbit books, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very meta, and they yeah, go that even more super meta. meta. <laughs> they go even more meta because in universe they want to make a Peter Rabbit movie. 
<laughs> so the PRCU is expanding, I see. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just thinking of Spaceballs, where they where they have a section of the film where they just play the Spaceballs movie in the Spaceballs movie to figure out what happens next. Oh God, I love I love in meta jokes like that. I I know it's uh. happened in something else, but um. <laughs> it's it's uh, escaping me at the moment. Uh, sorry, I keep I keep pulling this into random tangents. So so they they have a book and there's a movie coming out. What happens next? I'm super invested um, in this now. Uh, during marketing meetings, they're like giving titles to all the um rabbits. There's like uh one's the uh one's a smart one, one's the crazy one. Uh, two of them are paired together and they're the dynamic duo. But um, they get to Peter and they call him the bad seed. And that kicks off this whole plot line of like, everyone thinks I'm the bad guy, so I'm going to start leaning into it. And he goes and starts hanging out with this older rabbits that's uh, all grizzly and uh, a thief in the city. And this I... older rabbit's like, oh, I knew your father like a long time ago. We were great friends. Uh, and leading him down this sort of line. And it's like, so I got this big heist I want to plan, but it's going to require like tens of people uh, tens of um other animals to help pull it off and that leads into like the main crux and problems of the uh movie which i won't divulge too much information on go people should it's a fairly <laughs> recent movie so i don't want to give spoilers and also yeah un- understandable uh, yeah. yeah but um yeah it's it's also a pretty good movie a lot of fun uh humor and characters in it but uh, I just I just didn't enjoy it as much as the first one. Uh, for, I I feel like the first one's like little bit of heart that it had uh, lent it to being a little bit of a better movie. Um, but both are pretty fun. So, uh, yeah, both if, Peter if Rabbit someone, movies. If someone only had so, access to Peter Rabbit two, should they see Peter Rabbit one to get the background and context and characters, or is there honestly, are, are they fairly distinct? That, no. You don't need to. You don't need the context of Peter Rabbit one uh, to enjoy Peter Rabbit two. They're both pretty standalone. You just need. You just need to know. Hey, there's um. There's been some uh, tension between some characters, but the movie does a good enough job of like making that tension obvious. So to recap, Peter Rabbit one is directed by Michael Bay, and Peter Rabbit two is Ocean's Eleven. No, because uh, <laughs> okay. Peter Rabbit one has a, an emotional core to its story that Michael Bay lacks. Yeah, that's a fair point, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think you'll also find that uh, Peter Rabbit 2 sounds shockingly like Wreck-It Ralph 1. <laughs> no, that's a good movie. That is a good movie. Wreck-It Ralph 1 was actually fantastic. Failing to remember the part where they did a heist, though, in Wreck-It Ralph No, no, but, but uh, ju- just because I am bad guy does not mean I am bad guy. <laughs> no, no, he oh, leans yeah. into it. He, he starts going, well, if everyone says I'm a bad guy, then I'm going to be a bad guy. Oh, so he's like anti-Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's like Wreck-It Ralph, but actually just goes and kills Fix-It Felix. <laughs> more like, yeah, more like he steals his hammer. <laughs> and then goes and commits crimes. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he takes the hammer and starts breaking windows. And then robs a bank with the hammer. <laughs> yeah. And then he Sick. frames, he frames uh, Fix-It Felix for the crimes. Oh, even better. Oh, what a great. wild movie. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Well, that's I, I, I think we all just need to take a moment and realize that that is not only the first movie review that we've had on this podcast, but the second as well. Yes, exactly. Uh, Peter Rabbit 1, 8 out of 10. Uh, Peter Rabbit 2, 7 out of 10. Uh, final thoughts. If it was made by Naughty Dog, should they do a Peter Rabbit kart racer? Yes. Naughty Dog that's would... just the bunnies running really fast. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> Naughty Dog, as proven with their last two attempts, uh, can do racing games very well and always hit it out of the park. So, yeah, just let Naughty Dog do another racing game. Naughty Dog will never do another fun fun game for no reason again, though. It's just going to be just, like, serious games that are looking like movies. (laughs) Rip, Naughty Dog. I don't know. Uncharted 4 was uh, pretty gamey and fun. I loved Uncharted 4. Yeah. Which is getting... Is that the one getting a PC release soon? It is, yes. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Glad that I got that one right. Um... Sweet. Well, thank you for that, Seth. Uh, which which of Josh and Steve want to go next? <laughs> I, Shotgun, I'll go first. I didn't, I didn't plan any kind of successful segue, as is probably painfully apparent <laughs> there. Whoa. Anyway, Steve, <laughs> what have you been up to this week? I don't know how you could segue out. Um, yes, yeah, so I'll just jump straight in. Um, so, uh, through the wonderful thing and the miracle that is the Xbox Game Pass service, um, I've been playing Planet Coaster because that leads on the 15th, which gives me four days and a lot of time. I've got a lot more to do in that game. Um, and that, I'm playing on the Xbox Series X. It looks fantastic. Uh, no frame rate issues that I can find or anything. Hey, Steve, yet. I Even have a question. That was fast. Uh, if it's <laughs> leaving on the 15th and you've got a lot to do, are you playing it right now while recording this podcast? No, actually. Not, why not? I don't think I'd be able to... <laughs> Focus on two things at the same time. I'm not very good at multitasking. Oh, damn, that's a shame. Maybe that's the Steve step. review. What about Planet Coaster review? <laughs> <laughs> um, so essentially what's pretty much going on is that it, it, I'm pretty sure it's made by the same people that have made all the roller coaster series or at least like the 3D ones like Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. And, and it is very much in that same vein. Like you go into a theme park, and you can pretty much, you've got your career mode, which you go in, you try to earn a gold star by doing various challenges, or you've got your sandbox modes, which you pretty much go in there, do your best, and just print money through making a roller coaster that kills everybody because it drops for 400 kilometers. And you've got um, like a challenge mode, and that's sort of similar to career mode, but there's no like stars to aim for. It's like here you are, you're on the back foot, try to fix yourself out of it. And all the best type of thing. And it, it, it is quite fun. Like, it, on some of the campaign levels, it's pretty much like a, okay, I'm all set up. Let's hit the triple rewind button. I'll wait for it to get more money, then I'll do something else. Um, but then, uh, but maybe it's just because I'm pretty good at these type of games after I've played them for such an amount of time when I was a kid. They're, unless you do something stupid, like hire like 45 janitors, you're not really going to run out of money. Oh, but then at the same time, I guess if you overreach a bit too much, or if you create like a roller coaster that doesn't get used, you can put like fifteen thousand dollars into something that just like okay, we're not using it anymore, all the best. Which can sort of be a bit sort of frustrating because it's going to take a long time to make those coasters. Like, and maybe this is because I'm playing on a console with a controller does take a bit more time, and some of the the exact spe- like specifics are pretty hard to get to with the clicking because you've got like a, a cursor that you're moving around with your controller and it's not really that fast. Uh, yeah, they're always kind of rough, those games to play on consoles where you have a cursor that you move with a thumbstick. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised to hear you say that because I, um, I played Planet Coaster uh, a fair bit when it came out a, a few years ago now, but uh, I didn't even realize that it had a console release. I thought it was only PC. Yeah, so the console release is um, quite new. It's a year and a half, two years. 
Um, and, and it is just a base game, and it does have all the DLC available for purchase. But it's like, I think it's quite pricey for what it is. Like, it's like 20 bucks per pack, from what I remember. Um, and maybe because I'm like playing it through Game Pass, like, I'm not sure if I ever would have bought it either on PC or Xbox. Like, it was definitely something that was always on my radar. I definitely would like to have paid. But it was either through Game Pass or through like a deep sale that was like less than 10 bucks, I would have picked it up. I'm sort of a bit salty that I can't get the DLC because like they look good, but it's still just like a couple of extra rides or a couple of extra skins or decorations or something. And that probably, it has a lot more of a focus on scenery and park design. Like your, your rides have like prestige levels essentially, which is out of five and a higher prestige ride will, you can charge more like you end up charging like 20 bucks for like a three second ride, depending on the prestige around it. And the prestige around it can be like if you've um, done like a marketing campaign around it or if there's like special scenery that goes around it and interacts with it. So it, it's kind of cool in that aspect. But it's it's very much like a, it, it's a theme park game. If you're into it, you're into it. If you're not, you're not. And I definitely am very much into it. I'm, I'm sort of kicking myself now because I would have liked to have taken my time with it. And so I'm sort of like rushing my way through it. Uh, and designing the coasters as well, like, even though it's called Planet Coaster, the coasters are just like one part of it. Like you've got all your thrill rides and your scenery decorations and and your facilities and stuff. That's kind of weird how they chose Planet Coaster as a name. I think uh, that was to like, the, I mean that that kind of harks back to Roller Coaster Tycoon, right? Where Roller Coaster Tycoon, again, roller coasters was only a part of it. But I guess the whole point is that the the drawer of most theme parks is the roller coasters that you that you might see there. It's also probably the thing you have the most freedom and flexibility with, I would say. So yeah, and that's definitely a bit more true. Depth yeah. mechanics there. Yeah, that's definitely true. And there, and when you're designing the coasters, you can even like the tutorial in designing coasters is pretty good. Like it tells you like you've got a bank on sharp turns, so your guests don't get a lot of lateral or vertical g forces, and like, they just pass out and die. Um, seems like good advice you, um, <laughs> there's a there's a roller coaster that was built to like just a just a bit of a like a side note which is kind of cool called the euthanasia coaster i don't know if you guys have heard yeah, of it, but, uh, yeah, yeah. i haven't actually it was, you haven't so it was designed in like 2010 by this this guy somewhere in europe and basically what it is is it's a giant spike that you go up at the start and as you come down there's a series of loops that basically give you enough g-force that you pass out and you don't get enough air and you eventually die and it was it, was, it wasn't built but it was designed to be like this statement and this art, artistic thing so i know a lot of people have like rebuilt that and also the famous mr bones wild ride <laughs> in that game have you built any roller coasters was, that are like you know i was going to ask if uh ones? if steven had taken the time or if he will try to take the time to make a sequel to mr bones wild ride <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, what, a, what a coaster. <laughs> what an absolute wow. great roller coaster. I love that green sex so much. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so good. It, it's very good. I'll, I'll, honestly, I probably will have a play around with it in the next coming days. But it's kind of, I find it, like, yeah, I can make those things, but if they don't really exist in a park sort of setting and they're not really realistic, I kind of, like, jars me up pretty, pretty bad. Like, I'm completely disengaged and blah, 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 realism broken, blah, 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 immersion broken, blah, 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 just learn to have fun. Um, I just don't <laughs> find those things fun. Like that. Maybe just because I'm not a creative person, but I'm, I probably will have a go of it, but I'm, unless I'm like designing a coaster for a specific 
campaign or challenge or achievement or rah, rah, rah. It, that's not really my thing. Um, but I definitely do really like the the park management thing. And it definitely is getting me very excited to go to a couple of theme parks while I'm doing a park eventually as well. Just need a bit of thrills in my life. You can drop real roller coasters into Planet Coaster though, right? Um, like some of the... Stick- some of the pre-built ones, I think, are based on real ones. Or am I thinking of yeah. Rollercoaster Tycoon? Yeah, definitely. It, it, there definitely is that. And there's a really good community out there where, like, you can upload your, your pre-made coasters or your parks or your scenery settings up there and people can go in and have a play around with it. Actually, it might, have been, it might have been Rollercoaster Tycoon that I'm thinking of. But there, there was one where it was either after playing Planet Coaster or playing Rollercoaster Tycoon that I actually wound up at one of the Six Flags theme parks where... I knew a bunch of the roller coasters before even arriving, just because I'd <laughs> I'd used them uh, in in Roller Coaster Tycoon or Planet Coaster, and it was it was cool going from I guess following a, a patron in a management game, uh, like you know going on the roller coaster to to doing it yourself. And <laughs> wow, shock! Going on a roller coaster is different from seeing it on a computer screen. But there's something kind of surreal about like here is this game that I'm playing as like a management of a park, and then like here is this physical structure that it is based on. It's kind of kind of cool. Yeah, and you can even um, if you're so inclined, you can look through the eyes of the people in the park as well. Yeah, that's like, what oh, I meant. Look, yeah, I'm really there. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool in that aspect. I know when like I've been playing around with the coasters for some of the campaign missions. I'll because you got to test the coasters before you can open it. I'll always put myself into the first person mode and ride with them. Um, and that can be quite fun. Like it's, I imagine if it was like if you're looking at it through VR or something, or and had like a fan blowing in front of you, it would go fucking apes. It'd be really cool. <laughs> or if you just take your laptop on the actual roller coaster. <laughs> oh, even better. Or just like around your house. <laughs> you're on call. You're the point you're working for IT and you're trying to solve something, but you're at a roller coaster ride. Like, no. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lose my place in line now. <laughs> just been in your office chair. I'm sure it's the same. <laughs> if you get fast enough, yeah, just make sure you don't cut off anyone. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm genuinely enjoying it. I'm glad I'm getting it through Game Pass and I didn't pay for it because some of the, the challenges and the campaign things are like pretty easy. I'm not uh, creative enough to sort of get into the community or get into the scene of all that type of thing. So yeah, I I reckon it's probably a six or a seven out of ten so far. But saying that, I've still got four more days, and apparently from what I've been reading online. Some of the challenges towards the end get like where it's really good, so I'll sort of hang my hat on that. Mm. So I I have and as I said played Planet Coaster a bit, but the same people made um, Planet Zoo a couple years later, and I don't know if they're still updating that game actually, but that came out still a few years ago now. But uh, it's funny because you know back 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 in our childhoods it was like Zoo Tycoon and Roller Coaster Tycoon, and it seems like whichever group, maybe it is the same people that are just doing a revamped one, although I. I don't think it is, because I remember, I seem to remember one of the studios, uh, maybe not Maxis, ooh, one of them at least, that um, built the original ones, and uh, they did a re-release for one of the roller coasters, and it was terrible, like SimCity, back in the day to SimCity re-release type terrible. Um, I hope... Yeah, I, I don't remember who I'm thinking of. Anyway, the question was going to be, far out, that took a while, um, was if Zoo, if um, Planet Zoo came up on Game Pass, would you give that a shot as well? Like, is it all park management games that you're into? Or uh, uh, Yeah, so I, I do remember, I think, um, it might be Zoo Tycoon. It was one 
very early launch title to the Xbox series, sorry, the Xbox One. Um, I really enjoyed that one, but I kind of really bounced off it because it just zooms. I don't really care. Um, but yeah, I am sort of mad into the, the park management games and maybe I should go back and have a, a play of it because it's just sort of sitting there and I got sort of like a couple of hours into it and I bounced off it. But yeah, I'll, I'll eventually get back to it. It's, it's added to the, the very long backlog. Uh, so that's that. Um, and I'm also playing Dead Space 3 as well. Uh, so I played Dead Space 1 and 2 quite recently, like within the last month. And those are very good in terms of like what they do in their first person, sorry, third person horror games with their own type of thing. Like they're very, very story heavy. They're very horror based. Everything's dark, very spooky, sounds very good. Whereas Dead Space 3 doesn't really, it sort of loses all of it. Like you, you start off on a space station and then you sort of go down planet side and you're fighting like people as well, like a religious cult. So it, it's it's just very different. And the guns is it have a universal good, though, or is it like, it was like Mass Effect 3 different? Sorry, what, what was that, Josh? <laughs> I, I missed that. Sorry, is it... Um... Is it good different though, or is it like a Mass Effect three different? <laughs> okay, hmm. um, I like Mass <laughs> we're gonna have to discuss that one later, but I'll, I'll let it slide for now. Steve, your response? <laughs> um, I, it's definitely worse. Um, it implements a crafting system which didn't exist in the previous games. It removes the idea of money, so you're pretty much crafting for all your weapons and your ammo, which is it's feels like you're sort of playing catch up all the time with all these materials and stuff and it doesn't really explain very well what material is used for it's also got a forced co-op doesn't it uh, I, I don't think it's forced well i haven't come to I, that, I think if you i think uh, i think you always have an ai partner with you if you're not playing like person person co-op uh, or yeah. am i wrong about that well the parts that i'm up to because i think we got like six hours in and i haven't in a car partner yet. I think there is like a, a section of it where there would be a co-op thing, or maybe it's a co-op separate levels or something. I'm not no, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. I, I started it in co-op with um uh with one of my friends. Uh, we only got a couple hours in, but that was co-op from from the start, and it seemed to be following the story. I never actually finished it, so I could be totally off base. But I'm I'm pretty sure you can just do the the campaign in co-op if you're so inclined. I guess it wasn't so games. much forced co-op and people just complaining that the co-op that was there broke the game. Yeah, I, would, I could see that yeah. happening. Yeah, it would definitely make it a lot easier because it's pretty easy as it is. Um, maybe this is because I've gotten good at them and maybe the third one they're trying to appeal to a wider audience. But yeah, to be quite honest, I'm pretty disappointed in it. Like, it's number one and number two are really good. Like, it's there's so many beats and the sounds are really good. It's, you always feel like you're just a little bit close to just, if you do the wrong thing, you're going to get killed. But with this, it's sort of missing. Like it's... Is it's more like action adventure than horror? Yeah, it's it's gone the way of like a third person shooter. As yeah, to like I've, a, a I've heard about that. It's quite tonally yeah. different from the first two. Free yeah. had a lot of corporate meddling from EA and because of that, it ended up shutting down this development studio. Yeah, which is... It's just a shame. Like it's one and two were fantastic. Like they took the studio one, to the farm. Yeah, 
The EA farm. Yeah, the EA farm. (laughs) That farm's getting pretty big. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sad now. I'm I'm very disappointed with it. And there is like a a, a multiplayer mode. I'm probably not going to check it out because it probably doesn't exist anymore. But even if it did exist, I probably wouldn't even touch it. Like it's quite disappointed with it, to be honest. It's kind of a letdown because it's... Well, number one sort of ties ties the story off and number two ties the story off and three is a sort of a this is what happened after two this is what's trying to resolve everything but I'm yeah it's it's not very good unless you're sort of into it I can't really recommend it like unless or even if you are into Dead Space 1 and 2 yeah yeah it's not very good it's aged particularly well considering it's about 10 years old um, whereas Dead Space 1 didn't really but Dead Space 2 did um, in terms of like the the level design and the shooting mechanics and all that type of stuff. Sorry, you're saying that it's aged well, as in you could go back and play Dead Space One and Two, and it still feels like newish. Or what do you mean? Oh, uh, so so as in it doesn't feel that bad. Like it. Right. There's definitely a couple of things where it's like, okay, thank God we've gone past this part. Like when you you're waiting for an elevator and it's oh you press the button for the elevator. Oh no, it's gone red. Oh no, you're getting attacked by. Ten of the necromorphs, the alien things at once. Um, Horror trope like, number seventeen. <laughs> yeah, like it's, yeah, it's maybe just because it's overdone. It's probably hasn't aged that well. And, and with the crafting stuff that they've done in Dead Space Three, like you, you set up like a module and that scavengers crafting parts for you, and you use those parts to craft more scavenging mo- mo- scavenger modules. Um, try to get more parts. It just seems to be like a, a cycle where it's just. It just feels out of place. So I, honestly, I, I the feel way like... you're describing it, it, it honestly to me sounds like that three actually aged the worst out of all of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a little bit confused as to what. So are you saying that yeah. three aged better or worse than one and two? I think maybe just come to, because I'm so disappointed with it, I'm making it seem like worse than it is. But <laughs> three, in terms of like poor gameplay mechanics, as in uh, going from A to B, shooting, um, melee attacking all that type of stuff that has aged quite well but it's all that the secondary stuff they added just only in three like the crafting and the weapon upgrade system that has not aged very well right Right. it's because of those secondary things you mentioned that i feel like no this actually sounds like it's aged worse because at least with one and two they were kind of focused in on what they wanted to do one's yeah. a very strong uh, uh, survival horror game yeah. two is less survival horror and more a bit towards the actiony side but it still uh it still feels like an improved version of one and one has this very very good tone and atmosphere it's going for where it it feels like you're stuck on this ship with these necromorphs and just fighting for your life yeah and that's definitely it and like you're sort of going mad as well um because Isaac is sort of been exposed to the marker, which is an alien artifact, and he's sort of losing his mind and things. He thinks things are there when they're not there, so he's like wigging out for a bit. And you don't really, like in one and two, you get that, and it's really good. But in number three, it's pretty much like a get you gone, Isaac, we got to win. I also remember uh, when three initially came out that people were saying one and two also worked because you had just as little idea what was going on as Isaac Clark. And then by the time <laughs> you get to the third game, Isaac's kind of like, yeah, we've we've seen this before, and then you just kind of you play it out from the perspective of you kind of know what you're in for a little bit, which 
it sort of just works against it being a third game in this in the series in that way because one it just puts you in the deep end but then like you you would sort of expect that by the time you get to the third game that the protagonist is smartened up a little bit but that sort of works against the still trying to survive uh like the horror trope yeah well it, i think it's like in the first like 10 minutes of the game he's pretty much like no leave me alone i don't want to help you guys anymore get fucked um <laughs> essentially just like, when i thought i was out they pulled yeah. me back in <laughs> yeah <it's> just, <laughs> and, and throughout the whole game well, the parts that i've seen so far he's pretty much in that same vein like, like get me out of here i don't want to be here i've done my time type of thing but yeah just disappointing i'll finish it through because i have to finish everything that i start um but yeah pretty disappointing that's a shame because I shame. really like Dead Space 1 and 2 and EA dropping the ball for free just really ruins that franchise. Drop, dropping, the ball. dropping the ball on a sequel. <laughs> dropping dro- dropping yeah. the ball with the third game and the studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now they're bringing back the first one with a remake and they're not involving any of the original studio. It's like, well, just time to shit on these people even more for a little bit. Yeah, I'd be very interested. It's actually interesting because that, like they're redoing um, System Shock as well, which is like, you know, pretty oh, much yeah. the, the mother of all these games. Uh, and that remaster comes out very, very soon as well. And that, from what I've seen, is like very true to the original and really kind of holds up a lot of that original sort of horror aspect that, you know, this game came before Dead Space and Bioshock and all those kind of games. And it was like really kind of the first one of that genre. So. I'm kind of interested to see if they do the similar vein with the remake for this and they make, you know, a Dead Space 1 kind of true to life as what it was in the original, but just newer and updated, or if they try and revamp it in the way that EA does and just kind of kill it. And make it a a live service single player game. A live service model. Yeah. Oh, God, no. (laughs) Need need to make sure you're connected to the internet. (laughs) Yeah, and they've been um, intentionally, like, vague about what they're doing, whether it's actually, like, a a remake and they're bringing it back to sort of and fixing all the quality of life stuff like what they did oh there. no no they they haven't been very vague because they did a stream recently where they talked about it and it's like yeah this is a um this is a ground up remake of the original game with yeah, some yeah, quality but, of life changes and things like that yeah but I, i'm still how much will they be remaking it will it sort of be the same thing with trying new wheels or will it be we're starting again this is like the idea premise I think it's. Like I, I think they said it was the first good. game with shiny new wheels and uh, shiny okay, new good. gameplay. Yeah, I. I think That's even good. even EA would have to realize that wanting to do a like a a reboot almost of the first game would be, I would say, would be suicide. But that hasn't stopped them in the past. But I I <laughs> I I'd, I'd hope that they would have learned from their mistakes or at least seen how poorly the community received the third game that they decide to just try and make the shiny new wheels the thing for the the first game remake. If EA marketing is listening to this, you can't sell DLC for a game that no one wanted to play. So, you know, at least get the base right. <laughs> work up from there. Get space Chip- legendary dish. That's what we want. Give the people what they want. <laughs> to be yeah, honest, looking forward to I'm the season pass. In- to be honest, I'm actually more interested in what's the original dead space creators. New game is it going to be like, uh, it's called the Callisto Protocol. Mm, that looks very the, good. The, yeah, the original yeah. director is making that. And just from the original trailer that they showed for it, it's very Dead Space looking. 
So right. I'm interested. I'm more interested in what that's doing than what the Dead Space remake or anything EA does is going to happen. Yeah, I haven't heard anything from that game in a while. Was it this year's E3 or the last year's? I think it was last year's Game Awards show. Uh, oh, Game Awards, okay. But yeah, that's that's everything that's up on my plate. Are we ready to go into the Forza Horizon Power Hour? Uh, I mean, I I I look at the the overlap between Josh and I, and I see that we have Deep Rock Galactic and Forza on there. So why don't why don't why don't we have Josh? talk through what's not deep rock galactic and forza horizon and then we'll just kind of intermingle <laughs> what would be my section and his because i assume we're going to be talking about the same points and there's no point repeating it twice um so yeah, josh this is what happens when we play a lot of the same games yeah well i mean <laughs> <laughs> shock we're into the same games Whoa. <laughs> Although, somewhat ironically, I don't think we've played Forza Horizon 5 together yet, and I don't think we've even played the Deep Rock Galactic update together Oh no, we've yet, absolutely but, played the update uh, together. The update yeah. we have? Okay. I know I've played it a lot with a few of our other friends, so, okay. But anyway, um, outside of those things, outside of, um, you know, Space Dwarves and Cars, I was playing Voice of Cards, which released on the Switch and the PC, um, on Steam specifically. And that was excellent. That was so good. The The OST was just phenomenal. The gameplay was just really well done. It felt balanced the entire way through. I never felt like I never got to a point where I was too strong or too weak. And just the, the tabletop elements of that game just really brought out just a whole new light for what is the Yoko Taro game. I thought it was incredible. Because of um, that, I'm curious that, if mm -hmm. it, uh, the game's uh, level scales with you since you said you're not too weak or too over leveled it definitely ever. doesn't it doesn't okay um it's just it seems to be like it's just such a, a tight story because there's very minimal side quests and the story itself is only about 10 hours long which is really the only negative part i have about the game uh that you kind of you have to just run through the dungeons that you're in and even if you explore every section of every dungeon which is what i was doing I was only really staying just a little bit ahead of where I felt like I should be for the monsters. I wasn't overly strong and I, I wasn't particularly weak either. I didn't actually lose a fight until the very last boss fight. And that, that, that was kind of rough, but it kind of was meant to be. Um, so like, overall, I think it was incredible. I think the art design was amazing. I think the OST is one of the best things I've heard in literally ever in a game. Like it's it's on it's on par with Nier Automata and Doom. Like it's very 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 good. Um, great if you're actually just trying to do um, like we were playing it when we were playing D and D uh, earlier last week. So that that was great. Mm. Uh, if I could just interject for a sec, I, I'm pretty sure you brought this up last week. But just to give people like a five minute refresher, can maybe just describe like you've thrown out like dungeons and the art style for attacks and that kind of thing. Maybe maybe just like a five minute rundown on what it is that you're actually doing in this game. Yeah, for sure, because obviously last week uh, I'd only actually played the demo because that was all that was out. But um, yeah, the, the game has released now. I can give you a bit more information. So basically there is a big overworld, which is just a whole bunch of cards represented on what is a tabletop. And each one of those cards is like a little bit of like land. So it could be like trees or a pathway or something like that. And it creates like one big map. Uh, and inside that map, you find people for quests and the main story markers and everything. And there's caves, which when, as you like step into like a cave or a church or something like that, it will then throw you into a new map instance for that area, which is like the inside of that building or the inside of that cave. 
Uh, so it throws you into what was what is like a dungeon scenario in a regular game or DD. Um, and as you go through that, there's mechanics where it's like, hey, you know, this cave is so dark, you, you can't see ahead. So you have to move one step at a time instead of using the jump feature, which is like kind of like fast travel for where, wherever you've been. Or you need to bring a torch or something like that to get Do to you get it. hit by Zubat? So no but there are i don't think there was any bat enemies very specifically but like it is one of those games kind of like pokemon where if, if you imagine the entire world of pokemon's grass where you would walk through and as you step on a tile there's a chance for an encounter yeah with so a that Zubat. exists in the overworld and that exists with a Zubat, yeah that exists in the overworld exists in the caves it exists in like the church even you fight like these templars at some point um so just overall just very good game very tight gameplay um the the attack animations themselves are all based around the cards as well so your card will like tilt forward and throw a fireball or something like that or it will like the, the card will like pick up itself and like slice through the enemy card like you're, if you're just doing like a sword attack or something like that that um, sounds really cool what, like, what sort of art style is that in because I'm, I'm trying to visualize it it's all just 2d cards uh kind of like i, I don't really know how to describe the, the art style itself but like semi-anime like if you were to look at like like the the cover of a DND handbook kind of looks like that. Oh yeah, they're they're I, realistic, but they're not overly realistic. I got a um, I got a good way to describe this. Um, are you aware of what's the uh the near uh the near like artwork looks like? Yes. Okay, imagine that, but imagine a buff naked Rock Lee in that art style, and that is ninety nine percent of the men in the game. It's great, <laughs> and he's oiled uh, up. Ooh, that, that you is, had uh, me at oil <laughs> there is um like a few cards that are very much the same like you might run into uh an old lady card for example which is the same for that old lady in in all of the towns like a generic NPC. Oh, right. and there is one that is a buff oiled guy <laughs> um and there, there's ones that are like you know like the, the tavern person looks exactly the same like a nurse joy kind of thing um or whatever where the, all those cards look very identical but then as you come across more unique characters in there so people that will join your party or maybe uh, to have something to do with the main story beat those cards are unique um and some of them are just so weird like the humor that comes out of the game one of the early parts in it is that without like going into spoilers basically there's this really buff guy and he's like, oh, I'm buff. I don't need knowledge. You know, my dad's wrong. My, my dad wants me to like be strong and uh, like have all this knowledge and basically just uh, history of the world. And he wants his son to go traveling and learn all this stuff. And he's like, no, I don't need it. I just need to work on my muscles. And then his dad comes out and he's also completely ripped, but he's just <laughs> like, oh, right. Well, let, let's, you know, I'll teach you a lesson. And he like downs this potion because he's an alchemist and then just absolutely floors his son. And he just starts screaming like knowledge is power. <laughs> and it's just so over the top and just great. I, I don't really know how to explain it without someone actually experiencing it, but like 10 out of 10. The only downside for the game is that it's just not long. Yeah, enough. right. So in terms of length, the story. So is it just like one story arc that you play through? And then is there anything that you can do once you finish that story arc that would keep you wanting to play it? Or is it very yeah, kind was, of just on story? Yeah, I was about to ask so, that same question. If it was like, is this a one and done game or does it open up to like multiple playthroughs? Because Yoko Taro <laughs> games are usually like, hey, there's multiple endings. So if you keep playing it you're going to get more and more content some in some capacity yeah so without going into spoilers there's definitely three endings uh well technically four um 
basically in sort of it doesn't really matter what you sort of do too much throughout the main story but at the end you make a choice that very much defines the ending um and depending on if you've collected certain collectibles and whatnot you can make different choices um so inside that there's obviously one good ending which people who's played it and who's finished it will know what i mean and then there's endings that have various you know yoko taro style ah you did this and you thought this would happen but surprise this happened kind of thing so there's definitely some replayability through there but not enough to justify it's like it's not like near where you're going through and then you play as an entirely different character or you're getting the other half of the story that you were missing out and then like a roundup on the third playthrough it's very much like a you could finish the game, save before the last chapter, and then replay the last chapter three or four times, and then really that's all you need to do. That's kind of all there is to it. There's not anything that's really going to have you enthralled for more than sort of 12 hours total. Because I went through and I did all the endings, and yeah, I, I was finished the game in like 12, 13 hours. So. It seems like it's very much in the, um, uh, the Hand of Fate series. Um, so I played that. You did mention that to me, but uh, yeah, I haven't played it. Yeah, so. the, all those games are more a bit more um, RNG based. Like it's a you hit a card, you flip, you flip the card up, and it's like roll your dice. If you got four or higher, you win. Three or lower, you lose. Type of thing. So yeah, it's good to hear that you're enjoying it. And it's good to hear that uh, Yoko Taro is once again releasing certified bangers. Um, I'll give yeah. the the music a listen to it tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I. Sorry to cut in here as well, but um, on that ending thing as well, that is uh, the way you described it is like that's very much like original near because uh, <laughs> the first near you you play the game three times, like just it, well you play the second half of the game three times just straight, uh, so that you can get to different endings, and it's the more near automata that 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 did the thing where they changed it for the other versions. Um, so it, it sounds like Voice of Cards plays more towards like the other Yoko Taro games where it's like very much you're just playing through straight and like the ending is all that changes. Pretty much. Like there's there's 10 chapters pretty much, I think, total. Um, there's at least 10 collectibles that you, you find that give you the, the endings. Um, and literally, like I'm talking probably the last half an hour of the game is really the only part that really changes anything though so it's it's not even the, the back end of the game it's literally like the last half an hour last hour of, of the gameplay total pretty much before you enter the final dungeon so it's uh it, it did feel a little bit lacking to me but you know I, i'll probably will replay it at some point it's something that i can see myself picking up again for sure and uh, the way that it sort of rounds out and the way that the the whole game is presented overall because it's like the voice of cards colon the isle of dragon roars it's like it seems like it's pretty much building itself up to be this small mini series that they're just going to release like a hey here's this story in in this voice of cards world and then they'll throw another one out at some point that might be completely separate but based around that tabletop mechanic and you know with all these cards and then the narrator talking with the one voice for every character kind of thing i think you know if they release another one of those games or they release dlc for that game i would buy it tomorrow i, I think it was really excellent so I'm looking forward to see if they actually continue with that series. But knowing Yoko Taro, he's like, I'm bored, moving on to something else. <laughs> but it doesn't really matter what he moves on to because it's going to be an absolute fantastic game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so that, that's Voice of Cards. I guess we can now start simply over either Dig Brock Galactic <laughs> um, or Just Forza. really quickly, though, if people wanted to go and pick up Voice of Cards, how much and where from? And what platforms? Oh, so uh, Australian, uh, $45 um, at full price. 
So I bought it on release. Um, I actually had it pre-ordered through the Nintendo store. Um, so I paid 45 for it. I'm pretty sure it was 45 on Steam as well. Um, I think it's $30 US and what would that be in New Zealand, Patrick? Like 50? Uh, yeah, probably 50, 55. Yeah. So. <laughs> Shut I mean, up, Steve. <laughs> it's a fairly expensive game for like a 10-hour game. But I mean, I, I enjoyed every second of it. Those 10 hours were the better part of the games that I've played in several months. I don't think $45 is that bad for 10 hours. Yeah, but I'm used to picking up games on, on PC and with a, a core game game loop and then running through that, and that could be like a $20 indie game that I play for hundreds of hours or something. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit skewed. I really tend to play very short games, so this was a different change-up for me, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it, as long as you think you're worth it and you've got $45 worth of fun, like at the end of the day, it's what matters. Video games are more fun, right? Yeah. And achievements. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and achievements. achievements. Yeah, there's no and, achievements. And Steam trading cards. <laughs> Do we still collect those? Is that sort of thing? <laughs> Apparently. <Is> it, oh, <laughs> shit. I don't know. The, la- the last few games that I've got on Steam, I still get I still get trading cards. So to the one person out there collecting them, you do you, buddy. I, uh, you, I sell any duplicates <laughs> I have. They, they usually sell for a few cents. Hey, to sell an offer when you buy another game. You're buying voice <laughs> cards. That's true. Exactly. Uh, that, that is exactly how I'm going to fund my voice of cards uh, wallet. It reminds me of um, <laughs> there was a Steam review. It was it was done. It was it was more like a, a reposted Steam review on like Reddit and the internet in general. I do not remember the, for the life of me the game because it was years ago now. But uh, it was like a small. It was one of those like uh, one to five dollar price range games. I don't think it was green light or early access, but it certainly wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't much of a game. But the review read uh, bought the game for four bucks. Left it running on my computer for six hours. Got trading cards. Sold them back to the marketplace for five dollars. Refunded the game. Ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen those games actually. I don't think I know what you're yeah. talking about. Um, and then there's me who sold all of my daughter cosmetics for like two or three hundred dollars to buy several games that I don't think I ever ended up playing because Steam. <laughs> nice. um, but anyway, yeah. Speaking of games that are really expensive. I guess you want to dig into uh, Forza, or do you want to do deeper? Before that, first? though, it's been bugging me for 20 minutes. What the hell did you mean when you said, like, Mass Effect 3 bad? But <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm also the type of person that only liked Mass Effect 1, so my bad taste is not in question. <laughs> but also, Mass Effect 3 drops the ending, so let's let's be fair, he's kind of fair on that point. Which one of the three colors would you like? <laughs> Which flavor <laughs> ice cream do you want? They must have more in the extended edition. Um, they, yeah, yeah they, but it yeah. launched, they fucked the, up the, the ending edition. and you had to wait a few months for them to add it in as DLC. And the worst part is that Mass Effect 3 leads into and- and- uh, Andromeda. So it's Andromeda. Yeah, yeah no, it is Andromeda. We don't speak Andromeda. about that one, though. Uh, yeah, technically, yeah. no. <laughs> that, that got retconned by God, so uh, that yeah. one doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, okay. No, just because I, uh, you know, Legendary Edition came out this year? I think it was this year. Yeah, like two years. Yeah, yeah. February this year, I think it was. Played, played it yeah. a bunch. Never played Mass Effect. I, I know we're getting off topic, but just really quick. It's just because um, played Mass Effect 2 and 3 when they came out years ago. Never played Mass Effect 1 because I didn't have an Xbox, and um, it it just wasn't something that I wanted to pick up on Steam. But I went back and played it with the quality of life updates in Legendary Edition, and man, Mass Effect 1, underrated game. Wah. Excellent. Yeah, no, I think I, yeah, I remember playing I, that like, a lot of the people that complained about it, I think, complained about it because of the mechanics. And from the sounds of it, yeah, the mechanics 
were, oh, they were dog pretty, shit. pretty awful. But Even at the time, the console it I played yeah. it for an hour, got up to the dune buggy, and quit. Yeah, exactly. That, all <laughs> yeah, all that, that kind of stuff. But with the quality of life sucks. improvements uh, re-released in the Legendary Edition, man, Mass Effect 1, excellent game. But yeah, I, I get the issues with the Mass Effect 3 ending, but every other part of Mass Effect 3 was awesome. It was... It's it was almost annoying playing through Mass Effect Two because a lot of the mechanics and systems that I thought I remembered were in two were actually just in three. So I mean, I also like I uh, Stephen had actually lent me Mass Effect One way back when when we used to work together at a, a like a fast food chain, and he's like, "Play this game, it's great." And I, I went to play it, and I was like, "I hate this," and I, I sort of just dropped it, and I never played Mass Effect until the Legendary Edition released this year. And then I played through number one in like a day. And I was like, this is one of the greatest games I've yeah. ever played. Started playing number two and was like, I kind of hate this. <laughs> and I'd played a little bit of Mass Effect 3 uh, when it was like free on Origin at some point in like mid-2010. And uh, yeah, nah, so, no, no thanks. So what I'm hearing is that Bioware was never actually good. No, they were. No, like, one, what do you mean Dragon Age? Oh, Dragon Age is like one of the greatest series ever released. So it's not the whole series. Jade yeah. Empire. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this is the Bioware cast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I don't know. I don't know. They did kind of make that one Anthem? Sonic game. <laughs> and Anthem, how about that? What, what one oh, Sonic the, game? The, the chef's kiss of video games. That was the sequel to the retconned by God anthology after Andromeda. <laughs> one day, they'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I can't believe they ended that Sonic game with a sequel hook as well. You gotta do what you gotta do. It's, it's called hope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, back back to the initial agenda. Cause, yeah, it was, it's it been bugging me for 20 minutes. I just, I had to make sure. <laughs> um, I think it's probably better because I think both of us have been playing Forza Horizon 5 more that we'll, we'll get through Deep Rock Galactic first and then and then we'll do Horizon 5 if that, if that sounds, sounds like good. a plan. So Deep Rock Galactic... I shilled it for what, like two hours? Was it four hours last episode? Uh, a I while. I think it was like a whole day. <laughs> yeah, probably a whole day last week. Um, but it only felt like seconds. Yeah. So go tune into episode one if you want more of the the background and context to it. We'll do like a quick thirty second summary. You're a you're a dwarf. You're in space. It's like a low poly FPS. Um, very procedurally generated. Very like co op oriented. Very class based. Uh, yeah, I. I talked about a lot more of like what i liked about the game last week but I, I apparently did such a good job that josh has picked it up so i guess i this is going to be an interesting segment because we haven't really had uh i guess we did it with gunfire a little bit last week but uh now now you get to tell the rest of us about your experience with deep rock galactic having picked it up uh you know only in the in the the time since the last episode yeah, I mean, like, if you want me to, to give me my experience, I mean, I, I think it's great. Like, I really, I mean, to be honest, I knew I would like it when you were talking about it, right? But to me, it was just like, hey, there's a gameplay loop. You have several different game modes. You upgrade things outside in, in a main home base. And I was like, sounds like it's just built for me. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm really loving it. Obviously, the, uh, the, the, the co-op sort of side of it is definitely the big draw for me. I don't think it's a game that I would play alone personally. But like when I picked it up, I spoke to a few of our friends that we talked to in Discord a lot. And one of them actually already had it and already played like 100 hours. And he's like, yeah, I'm down. Let's play. And another one, he's like, oh, I've wanted this. 
but uh, basically I, he just hadn't played it yet. So I gifted him a copy before I even launched it myself <laughs> just so that we could play together in a four stack. And we jumped in and two of us knew what were going on. Two of us didn't. And, it and was chaos <laughs> it ensued. Was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, my favorite past class that I've played so far is the scout. But uh, Yeah, that's yeah, right. I, I've yet to pick the other ones up, but I, I've seen what they can do now. And I think there's definitely enough variety in the game to keep you playing for a very long time if you really want we, to. We definitely have played multiplayer because several times I had to scrape you off the floor of a cavern when you misjudged your grappling hook. I wasn't sure if that was before or after the update, but um, obviously while we were talking about the game and I'd picked it up, they had released what they were calling their biggest content update ever, which I think is a, is a fair call. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because uh, what they, they released August last year, I think, uh, and this year almost a year on you know, a year plus a couple months uh is their biggest update where they released a, a like the change log is ginormous they they fixed and adjusted a ton of things as well as just straight up adding new features and and content um it, it kind of sounds like josh got in at the perfect time then well i did <clears throat> i think I, th I think you can be in two minds about that because I I've played it uh, knowing that this update was coming. I think with with like a two two or three week uh, heads up time, and so I played it a ton, and it was almost good playing it a ton and getting into the groove of what the game is, and then having the update, and then even though I played it a ton, it like refreshed everything and maybe want to play it again more. So on that side, I think it was a better time when I got into it. But if you're going to get into it, it's probably better to get into it properly after a large game shifting update comes out rather than while the game shifting update comes out because it's it's not the it sort of suffers from the same warframe problem of the systems aren't that complicated you just need someone to explain the systems to you uh because the game has a reasonably good user menu but it's still easier just playing it with someone in discord that just sort of knows a bit more uh or at least someone that you can just fire a quick question to uh, that knows some more. Mm. Um, the update is sure, the like... rival um, rival faction uh... rival incursion. Rival, yeah, rival incursion. Thank you. Yeah, um, where they released a new mission type to add to what's already like eight something mission types. Uh, a few new challenges scattered throughout the other mission types, which is cool uh, because in so in the game, regardless, there are just little things that'll that it'll occasionally pop up in maps where if you complete like a, it's not even a secondary objective. It's like just a random challenge that shows up that you get some kind of reward. And they, they added and rejigged a few of those, which is cool. Uh, as well as adding a new weapon for each of the different classes. And you probably aren't up to the stage where you've unlocked that third weapon yet. No, no, I've only got the, I've only just unlocked some of the second weapons. So yeah. I haven't got that far into it, but the the big thing that really sort of they, they, they're driving home in this is that it's the first of just what they're doing for seasons, like Diablo sort of style, uh, where they, they this season is the Rival Incursion update, and the next season is going to be themed around something else. So the Rival Incursion sort of comes with like a story where basically because you're like late stage capitalism dwarf working for Amazon, there's like an Amazon competitor that's in your sec, like, I don't know what they call it. Section of space. Well, we know that it can't be late stage capitalism. I mean, what, what competitor Amazon could there be? 
<laughs> that's true but uh somehow in this universe it's a, it's a game we'll pretend that it exists there's a competitor to the, Amazon, the, the, the azure uh, the azure of uh, <laughs> cloud providers we got the amazon <laughs> and we got the rainforest <laughs> but uh there's this competitor and they're basically breaking into your incursion uh your so breaking into your section of space with this incursion and the events that patrick's are talking about is like as you come across this random challenge, it's going to be around like stopping them collecting data on the planet that you're on mining or destroying their drones just to stop them basically surveying planets and stuff. So it's all kind of themed around this, this one big thing for this update. So it's really interesting to see that, you know, they've put a basic amount of story into this first season. And rather than just like changing a few text fields like Diablo, they've actually got something that makes it interesting enough that i feel like the second season is going to be a bit of a swap up as well and these events will probably disappear and they'll probably add new events in for whatever suits that story for that that mm. season so it's it, yeah I'm, I'm it's also worth think. mentioning one of the few games that does a free battle pass as a free battle pass it's not like the rocket league or pokemon unite system of yeah we have a free battle pass but it's basically just the the poor man's version of the premium battle pass which is what we're actually trying to sell you like deep rock galactic put in a, a battle pass like you you play and you just get points by just playing but there's no paid component like you the only way you can give them money is to pay for the um dlc packs for like weapon skins and things that they released uh, alongside this update but in no way impact what you get in in the battle pass which i thought was really cool too under battle pass thing the worst ones are actually uh the ones that are like i think it's call of duty that does this where it's like hey give us some money and we'll skip you halfway through the battle pass and then you got to go through the rest of it yourself that's definitely not just call of duty that that's like uh that's like a weirdly common thing across anyone that offers the premium battle pass i know rocket league did that dota did that um actually those are the only games that i play with a battle pass as i think of it but yeah yeah it's the here's this thing you want and all you have to do is just invest time or <laughs> give us the sweet sweet mum's credit card money and we can we can do the grind for you there's a game that springs to my head and i can't remember exactly what it's called but there was like statistics on it actually i think it's war thunder or world of tanks it's, it's one of those games where they have a battle pass system and it's free but like someone worked out that you would have to be playing for the length of the entire battle pass, like six or seven hours a day nonstop and do well at it in order to actually unlock everything in the battle pass without buying anything. So like it was it wasn't even just like a hey, you can pay to skip the grind. It was like this grind is literally impossible unless you buy this. That was which is just definitely toxic. not as bad. But Pokemon Unite, uh, with the daily or maybe it's weekly, uh, currency cap meant that it's not necessarily battle pass related but a lot of the draw is grinding to get the currency for new pokemon but with a, a currency cap uh alongside playing you know for battle pass points and things uh people were looking at six weeks i think uh give or take two because there's there's a few different tiers for for pokemon to unlock but uh six weeks of playing to the cap uh like religiously which I think is only on a weekly basis. So you'd be grinding one or two, you know, uh, sections to get as much currency as you can. But yeah, it's all that kind of thing of like, yeah, you know, like we'll, we'll give you the systems with which all you need to do is just grind and you get what you want. But man, the optics on some of those grinds are absolutely horrendous. Yeah, no, they're, they're pretty bad. 
but yeah, to, to have a, a free update that contains a free battle pass with just like the size of the update that it is, is really good. And I 100% support that. So hell yeah, <laughs> definitely keen to keep I playing. also noticed, um, I know that we're, we're trying to wind this up, but it was just, it was something really cool uh, in that on the changelog, they said, hey, we noticed that a lot of people are using a mod for the miner where uh, the miner has like power drill fists, so you can just tunnel through um, walls and things. And what this mod was, was it was just like a, an, uh, ooh, I want to say altimeter, but not quite. It was like a, like a uh, tilt, like, um, you know, like the gyroscope on a plane tells you where the horizon is kind of thing. A just, yeah, I want to say tiltometer, but that sounded wrong <laughs> somehow. <laughs> but some, something, something the that, that, that when you use it, you, you no longer, uh, so, it's it's quite easy uh, unless you're a certified deep rock galactic professional like myself to uh, drill into a wall and then pull up the map and go okay I need to drill up and then you'll be drilling up and you you'll keep drilling and then you'll at at some stage between checking your map and drilling you'll just assume that you've leveled out and you won't because you're just you're digging a tunnel you don't have any reference point for this and so I know that one of the people that we played with a bit Josh um, ran into that issue mm -hmm. a few times where it would be a mission type like uh, the the point uh, uh, the on-site refining, the on-site Morkite refinery, where when you have a miner on the team, uh, it, it's much more efficient to just drill a, a tunnel for one of these pipes in the straightest way possible. And he turned it into a roller coaster completely accidentally just because he was looking at where he needed to drill on his map and then just arbitrarily drilling at an angle over and over again um, but it was cool and that in the changelog they said we notice everyone's been using this mod so we've just we've just with um just yeah we've just added it to the game <laughs> oh, that's uh, yeah uh i know that gta 5 did something kind of similar to that but not by choice where some absolute mad lad out there figured out that 45 percent of their loading time was because they'd added so much shit to gta 5 online that the json file that contained all of the items was just taking so long to parse that he went and found oh the God. library that did it, corrected it, and as I said, like sped up loading times by almost half. And everyone went, "So, Rockstar, you're going to put this into GTA Online, right?" <laughs> and after a couple of weeks, they went, "After testing this fix, we've decided to put it in." And it was kind of like, "Oh, well, finally!" <laughs> it's the sort of opposite side of you know, Deep Rock Galactic community. A modder went and did something cool. We want to uh, we want to do that. Whereas Rockstar was just getting beaten about the head by every like gaming journalist going, why isn't this fix in your game yet? <laughs> <laughs> and it had been out for years. Yeah, it had. I remember reading about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a story. Um, yeah, cool. So Deep Rock Galactic, uh, sort of closing remarks. Um, sounds like you don't regret playing it. You. No. The only thing that I do regret is that it's also on Game Pass, and I've bought it. Oh, it's on Game Pass. <laughs> but that's okay. Oh, it was worth the money. It's on where Game Pass. Dropping? You should definitely play oh, it. Oh, where are we dropping? <laughs> um, I don't think it actually supports the, the, the co-op, though, from Steam to uh, Xbox. Yeah, yeah, no, we went so over we, this last week. Yeah, yeah. I think we went over the, this last uh, week. The Xbox version, like, the uh, like PC Xbox launcher doesn't support crossplay with Steam. Life is pain. Yeah, so I would have probably had to, to buy it anyway, but I mean, if you want to play it, Stephen, and chill it for a third week in a row, I mean, it is on Game Pass. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right, and then the week after that is when yeah, I buy yeah, it and, and then chill yeah, it, right? Yeah. And, then, and then we get Seth's thoughts. Uh, it'd be so cute. Then we, then we get to do the four player <laughs> co-op together, but not. <laughs> uh, the deep yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, by uh, that time I uh, might have yeah. a salary, so it's possible. 
yeah, you, you probably would actually in a, in a couple of weeks. So yeah, we, we yeah. should we should save context um, for that to the to the big news section we have coming up. <laughs> Just because think, to everyone uh, that isn't in in this uh, in you know speaking right now, they're probably thinking, "Wow, what a what a weirdly off-topic thing to comment." <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's probably worth mentioning as well that Deep Rock Galactic currently on Steam is actually half price at twenty two dollars. So. Is it actually? This game is an absolute bargain. Holy. Yeah, it ends on the sixteenth of November, and I mean, I just bought two copies of it <laughs> for like the. Full I mean, they're fifty percent off. You're basically losing money if you don't. <laughs> well, now, yeah, no, now I have to buy another couple of copies. But um, no, it's uh, like I, I played the the full price for it, and then I bought it for a friend, and I think that even if I had paid that for the one copy for just myself, it absolutely would have been worth it. So I d- definitely recommend. Cool. Anyway, Forza. Forza. Forza Power Hour. How do you pronounce it? Is it Forza or Forza? It. Don't. <laughs> yes. However you want to say it. We're a very, uh, we're a very inclusive community. If you want to say it the right or wrong way, I'm not going to say which is which. Then that's totally fine. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's an Italian word, so yeah. there's a chance that it would be like Forza with like the hard, uh, like like the hard break between four and za, but I don't think you're going to get spaghetti thrown I, I at you if you get it wrong. I hear people say it's like Forza, like there's a T between the R and the Z. Yeah, like for, like I, I, I would say Forza. I don't know why. Maybe that's wrong. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I think everyone has their own spin on it. Anyway, the game itself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Stephen, for derailing us. <laughs> <laughs> I hear this also has a burnout style a Crash FM sort of announcer. Uh, several actually, but I guess we we should yeah, they always have. We, we should first discuss. So we've been playing it. A t- Josh and I have been playing it a ton. Uh, it it's technically only out today. Uh, yes, yes, no, yes, no, no, no. It came out on the ninth, so two days ago. Okay. Uh, for the people that not aren't playing. Uh, yeah, but uh, there were some reports of what half a million people were playing it pre-release. Eight hundred thousand. Eight hundred, even more. That's Eight, insane. Yeah. Uh Pretty yeah. crazy for a game that you needed to buy. So to basically to get into the pre-release, what you needed to do uh, was to buy the what they were calling the premium pack, I yeah. think it was. Uh, and it contained the DLC uh, as well as like a, a car um, and a few bunch of cars, bits and not just one bunch of cars. Yeah. Um, and that was like 60 odd dollars uh, on top of the, the game itself. Which, if you didn't have Game Pass, you know, was like was $100, hundred dollars. Yeah. I think we, or, we should say all of yeah, these prices are in Australian inside. dollars. By the way, there are <laughs> if, yeah. uh, for any American out there listening, going a hundred bucks. Yeah, no, uh, Australian. So hell? sixty dollars. Yeah. Sixty dollars. Uh, we, no, 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 weirdly, no, weirdly, it was a hundred bucks. But Horizon Four on Steam was a hundred and five. It was kind of odd. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which is it's a pretty expensive for a game. I don't, th- I think it, w- I don't think they'd retail it at seventy three in the US. It's probably seventy, um, but like, yeah. So if you hadn't, if you didn't have Game Pass and you wanted to play this and you were buying it through Steam or something, you would to play the pre release. You would need to end up paying like one hundred and sixty dollars, one hundred and sixty three. I think it was total AUD, so Australian dollars, just to play the pre release. Um, so to have eight hundred thousand people willing to do that for a game that you know kind of just hadn't really taken off too much you know there wasn't a whole lot of press about it just the standard forza horizon hype 
that's pretty mm. crazy. That's that's a lot yeah. of people. I mean, to be fair, Forza is one of uh, the main pillars of the Microsoft Xbox brand. But it's it's it often is, often. Yeah. I mean, that that's not entirely true though, because Forza itself is split between like the motorsport line, which is the more kind of sim racing Gran Turismo competitor, and Horizon's like by comparison a fairly new line of titles. It's it's more the open world arcadey takes off to like burnout five like burnout paradise quite heavily it's it's quite a different focus and obviously forza itself is a big pillar of xbox but i i think they cater to very different markets and i don't see a lot of people that would um you know i i feel like a lot of people would have a preference for one over the other even if they have both there's definitely a preference, but I feel like on the brand name alone, there's a, there's crossover, and there, there are definitely people that prefer the Motorsport or the Horizon, and will get one or the other. But I think there's a big enough uh, uh, crossover there that most people just see the new, new Forza game is out, they'll buy it, and have fun with it. It doesn't matter which one it is. Yeah, but they I mean, just even... just like to get their racing fix. Yeah, but even even on that line, right? Like, the, there's the difference between the guy who's like, oh, you know, I know Forza, I like Forza, I'll, I'll go buy it. And the person that shells out, like, one and a half times the, the price of the game to, I mean... What everything that Josh said was true, uh, you know, you get to play it early and stuff, but it's it's not that you paid 60 bucks just to play it early. You, you're guaranteed to get the two DLC packs, which will be coming out eventually. Uh, you get a bunch of stuff in-game. Like, it's not just that you're playing it for early access, but uh, yeah, it is it is absolutely wild that uh, a good, like, you know, a good proportion of a million people went and, and did this. So it's right, really cool it's to just- see. It's just to me, I see. I don't. I don't think there's been actual hard sales numbers for Forza in quite a while, but I imagine it's like uh, somewhere between like a seven to ten million dollar, uh, seven to ten million player sales uh, figure across the board between the games. Yeah. So having like eight hundred thousand people that are like sh- shelling out that extra money for it doesn't really surprise me. Right. I see. Yeah. Um, I mean, even to have one tenth of people willing to commit to DLC that hasn't even been announced is still quite high. So yeah, I still think it's uh, it's pretty. Because I remember from uh, the last Forza Horizon that came out, the DLC was like pretty big. So is it is that sort of what's expected? Is yeah, so that, that so. that's going to touch on because I've got like a <laughs> I've I've played this game for forty hours already, and I've got like a laundry list of of things that I could talk about or or want to talk about. Um, that I'll actually be touching on as one of the points. Uh, I guess um, we should actually discuss <laughs> what the game is rather than just how its <laughs> first negative one release, <laughs> negative one week release sales are doing. <laughs> um, what have you been up to in it, Josh? How have you found it? I'll, I'll address what your your point in a bit, Steve. So I mean, I, it probably is like like what Seth said. It's important to to draw the definition first. Um, Obviously, it is like an, an open world sandbox, basically, of, of racing games where you'll drive up to a race and then race within that. Whereas Forza Motorsport is literally, as you were saying, Gran Turismo, you drive through that race. So a lot of what I've been doing in Forza Horizon has been very specific to Forza Horizon, which might not make a lot of sense if you didn't know what it was, where I've basically been driving around and collecting all these EXP boards, leveling up, um, basically trying to find all the barns and other bits and pieces, and then just collect cars and have a bit of fun on, on the ramps and doing more of the, um, I think there is, it's a new format to Forza Horizon 5 called Expeditions, I think they were called, where basically you're more exploring the land and the setting 
and doing something within that rather than focusing on the cars really heavily. So I've been really doing a lot of that stuff and then just basic street racing and, and other bits and pieces. So I've probably gone into more of the exploration side of things rather than the actual motorsport side of things where I'm focusing on racing, you know, haven't really touched multiplayer too much, but uh, it was fun while, while it lasted. Yeah, so the, the, there's a couple so. of points I want to touch on in that. So um, to give a little bit of context, uh, it's it's a giant map. It's it's filled, like, the the philosophy of it is just we'll give you a giant map and we'll just fill it with things to do. So that if you just pick an arbitrary direction on the map or an arbitrary spot on the map and just drive to it, there will be something to do there. Um, and that can take the form of events where you've got like your classic like road racing series or street racing series. The difference being one's kind of like walled off tracks and uh, kind of circuit races and the other one's more just kind of a bunch of checkpoints on roads and you've got traffic and other hazards and things. You've got your off-roads and that kind of thing but uh outside of those sort of events that you can do and turn up um josh was talking about how there's just a lot of uh kind of just ambient things things that just exist in the world and so that takes the form of things like uh xp or well just boards uh where usually if you hit them Which they'll basically build yeah on on yeah if, if you if you if you find boards and these can be in some absolutely wild places and smash them with your car you get something usually it's in the form of a little xp boost which contributes to a level up and uh the the way that they did it was quite smart where it's it's um you're, you're constantly being given something like if you go and you smash enough boards it will just give you a reward and the reward can take the form of just money to you know just in-game currency to go either buy a car upgrade a car or you know, spend on something or just a car <laughs> and and then you just have a, a car and you, you do this enough times and you'll just just by driving around it will just give you cars um and uh i guess we'll touch on a couple of points that people have brought up so seth talking about uh, uh what was your comment it was like the the um announcers um what was your yeah, the crash from radio yes, host. That one. So, from um, burnout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so not not from burnout, but one staple of Horizon as far back as three, because that that's the first one that I started playing. Um, I'm assuming was the case with two and one as well. Uh, you have a whole bunch of radio channels, and the radio channels all have distinctive radio hosts. But what's been cool about five is that uh, in previous titles, it would just be like, you know, you do something noteworthy, and the the announcer might comment on it, and then it just goes back to like. And, you know, now we're going to play, like, uh, another song, or that song was really cool, and now let's do this, and that kind of thing. Whereas in 5, it's a lot more personal. It's like, um, you go and do a bunch of dirt races, and then whichever radio station you turn in, uh, you tune into uh, the game for that radio announcer uh, says, like, the superstar, which is just you, the player, uh, has been tearing it up on these uh, on these streets. You know, they've they've come and they've done X, Y, Z, and they're like, they're, it's it feels way more like it's kind of happening now, which was a really cool change. Um, the other thing it's to... It's probably just to sort of interrupt yeah. you there. Just It's probably really important to actually set more of what the actual setting is for Forza Horizon as well, if you've never played it. Forza Horizon itself... Like in the game, Horizon is basically a giant car festival that they bring to. It's the like country. the Olympics, and it's kind of like the Olympics, yeah. Where they'll basically dump you in, and then, as Patrick was saying, you know, there's the road racing, street racing, etc. They're all like little sub brands that you have underneath yeah. that. Um, and then, as you level up in the game, your festival gets bigger, and there's more events, and there's more things happening. So, for that 
the radio people to be tying in with that was actually a really nice change. Something I noticed as well, which is really cool. But um, yeah, so yeah, no, 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 like it's it's, it's, it's all there. it's all entirely valid, and we we should also say um, uh, it's Horizon is a very spectacle oriented game. Like the game starts with you parachuting Fast and Furious style out the back of uh, a cargo plane. Uh, and not even one car you parachute out like yeah, and then, and then <laughs> swapping across these cars to drive to the festival which um previous games have also made you drive to the festival initially but certainly not with the same spectacle as this <laughs> no it was excellent. yeah which yeah is excellent and we should also mention too that the map is uh bigger than it's ever been but it's not bigger in in the like we've just procedurally generated a larger map uh all parts of this map feel very much more handcrafted than previous titles uh and what do i mean by that so like uh so every every horizon game is set in a different place horizon 3 was set in australia horizon 4 was set in scotland or like like uk scotland that, that sort of area UK, pretty yeah. sure it was basically scotland um and horizon 5 is mexico and what's uh what is always quite cool is that within each of those maps, you get very distinctive areas. So you had like in Horizon 3, you had like Surface Paradise and you had like Byron Bay and then you had like uh, the kind of outbacky Uluru style, uh, all these different geographies in what was in hindsight actually a fairly compact map compared to what 4 and 5 have done. Um, but despite how distinct each of those little areas are they're quite small and so you you know you whip through say byron's bay and you're like cool that was byron's bay and we'll continue on the pacific coast highway and then we'll hit service paradise eventually and it's fine but the, there wasn't enough room for the areas to breathe and actually feel like their own distinct entities uh and then four also kind of had that problem where partially it is just because the geography of scotland is is much more um uh, similar like there, there isn't as much varied geography in scotland as there is in in mexico but uh there are parts of the the scotland map that you know are really cool but again you drive through them and you're like cool that was it and now i'm into the next area but in five you can spend a lot of time in just different corners of the map and they all feel fairly distinctive um which is really well done and then all of the the road racing that you do is based on the roads that you just drive and that cars just drive you know throughout the game and so uh it's really working in its favor when a lot of these are like uh you have like you know switchback roads up a mountain for example that turn into the circuit because the switchbacks feel good to drive regardless of if it's a race or not it just feels good to drive on the map and so when it feels good to drive on the map and then that's the track for your race, it automatically makes the race better to drive. Is that the impression you got as well, Josh? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And I think, you know, it's, it's very similar to other Horizon games where, you know, as you were saying, like, obviously you're driving these roads, but you could race somewhere and then end up when you end the race, like completely on a new area and you'll explore and find new things because you've ended up in that part of the map, which is just really cool. Yeah, um, and it, it does the thing where like, you know, you've you've just done um you've just done like a race and then you wind up somewhere and you're like i want to do another race and so you set your gps for the closest race but the closest race is three kilometers away but you never end up making it there because you've been distracted with uh two two smash boards to go and find and then uh you'll get a phone call from one of the festival horizon people saying hey we accidentally lost a ferrari in the desert again um in a barn somewhere we need you to go <laughs> find it uh and then 
you know, the <laughs> you you see the race in the distance that you said that you were going to go and do, and then you've suddenly done a U-turn and you're you're disappearing the other way for, uh, you know, just a, a million other things to do, um, which, yeah. yeah, it's super cool. I think, um, yeah, one of the the big impressions I got from this as well, like what you were saying, is not only the size of the map but the distinct parts of it. Obviously. Mexico itself is is very varied. I haven't been there, but you know I've seen pictures and everything. And there's like a volcano at the top of this map. There's like sandy areas. There's really tight road races through like old tunnels and architecture. Like very very unique parts of the map that don't feel small. Like what you were saying with Australia and the UK as well. I, I think that's probably partially due to the the new consoles having faster SSDs and stuff but this also released on the Xbox One so I'm rather curious to see how well it runs on that but um oh man I forgot yeah, they no. still release all these games on Xbox One yeah I'm really <laughs> curious to see how it goes there I can't wait for the Digital Foundry video to go up if they do one <laughs> <laughs> I think it definitely does not run at 4k oh yeah <laughs> it probably I, barely I runs at 1080p that. I I'm most um, curious but I'm running about it the loading on, um, times honestly I want to see what Xbox One people have to deal with there well, that's the thing, right? This this gigantic world doesn't really have loading times unless you're going in or out of an expedition or a race or if or you're playing like on that. a dying hard drive. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like or like I was for the first thirty hours. <laughs> Don't worry, new SSDs in. Haven't had any problems since. Um, hey, nice. Yeah, congrats. Congrats. thank you, thank you. Experience um, at, um, also, want to say, also want to say in conjunction great. with that, Horizon Four was a beautiful looking game. Horizon Five <laughs> makes like is just even even beautifuler <laughs> it's it's, it's like looking stunning. at mcdonald's yeah. playground for horizon 4 <laughs> they, mean, they they included I... a button that if you push it and your car is convertible it drops the roof holy shit oh far out oh. it's so good now it's, that, it's like it's, it's a real small touch RTX. but it's so cool <laughs> that that's like in that's like in final fantasy 14 for me where uh certain glasses and hats you you type in slash advisor and it'll switch them between being over your eyes <coughs> or being on top of your head. Nice. Uh, but um, yeah, I actually loaded up Forza Horizon 4 prior to playing this because I was very on the fence about whether I wanted to buy the DLC and play it early or not. And then after watching Patrick play it for like a minute, I was like, yeah, I'm in. Um, but <laughs> I played it and it looked amazing on my PC. Like I my, my PC is beefy enough that I was able to run everything at max and it looked gorgeous. And then when I loaded up, five for the first time with rtx on this bigger map with all of these nice touches and even just the, the quality of the water and the dirt and everything is just blows me away it is they've gone really all out and i guess again part of that's probably the new consoles and them being able to support that on a bigger thing other than just pc but it looks incredible and it plays extremely well unless you're trying to stream it via discord which I guess we can touch on as well a bit later. I mean, but, we must uh, bring it up now. Yeah. Um, people found that when they were trying to screen share on Discord, myself included, that it would just crash Forza instantly. Um, but in my case, it was because in order to play Horizon, I needed to update my graphics drivers, and I did that without restarting my computer. As soon as I restarted the computer, Discord worked fine. So um, I should say I'm playing on a 1080 Ti, and uh, that's the newest piece of hardware in my... In my um, computer everything else is older than that and i didn't run into these issues after a restart so i don't know what's plaguing the the newer systems but i'm glad it's not affecting me i'm not too sure i'm i'm sort of on the other side where i pretty much had to rebuild my entire pc this year so i'm running a 3070 and you know i've got rtx on and all those sort of high-end features but i wasn't having this problem with discord so i don't think it's tied so to it must just either. be in the middle 
it, it might be in the middle or it could be oh, that man, people no, just I got a 2070, I'm in all. trouble. Yeah, no, you're screwed, man. <laughs> You'll have to just watch one of us play it or buy it on Xbox One. <laughs> well, Seth doesn't have a Series X. Or an Xbox One. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Um, did you ever have the Xbox or did you sell it? Actually, that's a sidetrack. Anyway. Don't get compatible through cloud gaming as well. Um, the only Xbox is, I've ever uh, owned was a 360. 360, that's right. You are... Um, you are definitely able to play it via the streaming service, which I did oh, test. Okay. Not a fan. Mm. <laughs> Obviously, if you have the hardware to play it locally, do it. Play yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tried to play that, and I tried to play. Uh, I've been replaying like Master Chief uh, Collection on, on Legendary for the new Halo game, and I tried to stream that as well. That was borderline unplayable. Imagine so streaming you on can Australian stream it, internet. Play it locally. Be me. I think that's the bigger problem. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be this country. <laughs> <laughs> Miss me with that shit. Um, I, I would like to quickly touch on my laundry list of things just because this is probably the, the longest we're going to talk about Horizon on this podcast and there are a few points that I really want to bring up. Um, so, Josh, you, you said that you, you played Horizon 4. Did you play any of Horizon 3 and how much Horizon 4 did you play? Oh, I played a lot of Horizon 3. That was by far the one I played okay, the most of. And I played a, probably a couple of hundred Steven hours. Steven Seth, have you touched Horizon much at yeah. all? I have not played much at Forza in general, no. Sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy about uh 25 30 hours into horizon 4 um last year but it was i had it on the um xbox one x and i'm not sure if it's got dodgy xbox series uh, sorry xbox one x it's, it would crash like every hour so i was like playing it for one hour then it would crash and then i just started again you did end up saying yeah, yeah I sent it back as well, like so it's very viable three times and it turns out there's a problem with the the glacier white noise um <laughs> that limited edition yeah, Bites my experience is mostly playing uh, Motorsport free for a few tracks. Like, I played that for about an hour, and that's all my Forza experience. Yeah, and Horizon would play very differently to that. Mm. Um, so the, the the first, so I've got I've got um, six points. They're, they're not that long. Well, some of them are longer than others. Um, the first point is I don't think I've seen a lot of other people talk about this, but um, Horizon 3, because that... so. I keep saying Horizon 3 is the starting point. It might be the case with Horizon 1 and Horizon 2 as well. I don't know. I didn't play Horizon 1 and Horizon 2, but Horizon 3, 4, and 5 played Love to Death. Um, that's sort of the scope of where I'm coming at this from. So, uh, at least since 3, they've made a point of introducing two DLC packs for each game. The first one is quite a serious, or you could see it existing in the Forza Horizon world as arcadey and sort of toony as it is, but it's still grounded in reality in some way. And the second DLC pack has always been just some outlandish, crazy, balls-to-the-wall, like, basically just a concept that went too far. Or someone just snuck an idea past <laughs> past the dev managers, and and we get and we wound up with just some crazy DLC area. But what I haven't seen people talking about is that uh, every time they do that, they link it into the next game. So in Horizon Three, it was based in Australia, but the first DLC pack for Horizon Three was Blizzard Mountain, where we got to see them modeling snow for the first time in a Horizon game, as far as I'm aware. Uh, and people will realize that in Horizon 4, when we had seasons and things, one of those seasons was, of course, winter, where there was mm. snow and ice everywhere. I'm pretty sure they used Blizzard Mountain from DLC Pack 1 for Horizon 3 to test out some of the engine requirements for what they'd need for the seasons for Horizon 4. Um, mm. And then the second DLC pack was uh, the Hot Wheels tracks, which was just bananas. Right. That was, that was, that was a mind-blowingly awesome DLC pack. 
man probably not as good as the one for four for the, the and i'm getting one, to that and i'm getting awesome. to that too yeah. so now we're in horizon four and we have seasonality which was awesome except for winter <laughs> and the reason i say that is because i loved the seasonality and i loved winter but after a while because it was always it was always like one week was one season uh and then it would just rotate week to week uh i just got sick of winter so quickly because it just became a case of is your car all wheel drive does your car have snow tires if the answer to either of those is no you're not going to have fun for one week of a month you just you just kind of had to accept that but the the aesthetics and everything was was great but what was the DLC? Uh, what was the first DLC pack for Horizon Four? It was Fortune Island, where we got to see storm modeling for the first time. And what is a now a major selling point for Horizon Five? Storms. So I'm massive, yeah, especially the yeah, dust and and the dust storm, and then tropical storm, because um, uh, to to really really quickly touch on that, Horizon Five still has the same seasonality as Horizon Four, but because the map is so large, they decided they're not just going to make uh one season for everywhere they're going to do so what i mean is there's no summer spring winter autumn anymore it's um uh what is it it's like hot wet uh dry and tropical i think uh uh tropical storms i think they were called yes there's hot yeah hot season wet season storm season dry season as like the the uh analogies for it uh but what that means is that in storm season for example uh, we, we just mentioned that there is like tropical storms and dust storms, but it's not that the whole map is covered in a dust storm. It's that if you're in a deserty part of the map, you'll get a dust storm. If you're in a rainforesty part of the map, you get a, a tropical storm, which is just a really cool touch. But again, I'm pretty sure they tested out what they'd be able to do with that tech from the Fortune Island DLC pack for Horizon 4. And the final one that I want to get to is that the crazy DLC pack they had for Horizon 4 was uh, Legoland, which was again mind-blowingly yeah, awesome as a dlc pack i remember seeing the lego trailer and losing my mind for that yeah it was it was cool but what is cool especially about it this this links through about three of the points that i want to touch so i'm going to spend like two minutes on this one so the the way they did progression for the legoland dlc pack was that they didn't do it based on events so even um Fortune Island and pretty much every other Forza game, Forza Horizon or DLC pack for Horizon was based on if you do enough events, we'll let you progress, uh, which sort of makes sense because that's the that's the racing game trope. But Legoland is something different. Legoland said, uh, we're going to give you these things called uh, accolade points, or they might have been called something different in Legoland, but that's what they're called in Horizon 5. We're going to give you accolade points and just everything that you do. If there's some kind of little achievement or little serotonin boosting number that can go up, we would just give you points for that. And your progression is tied to the the number of these little things that you do. And so they could be, you know, winning a race, doing an event or whatever. That, that's the kind of normal stuff. Or they could also be um, unlock a certain number of cars, unlock a certain type of car, drive from one place to another with certain requirements and do that under, in a certain time, uh, smash a certain number of Lego bricks in a certain amount of time will give you points. And what I've loved the most about about Horizon 5 is that they have taken that same progression system and applied it to the main game. So now you'll have people that can drop into Horizon 5 and they can do the the bare minimum number of events. They can I, I don't even know what the bare minimum number is, but they they can do very few events 
And just by driving around and getting accolades for just driving around and just doing things in their car, they automatically count that towards the progression rather than in previous games where you had to do enough road races to unlock the next road racing piece, uh, enough sprint races to do the next sprint race, like that kind of... Um, I want to say linear, but it's not quite linear, but you sort of know what I mean. Like the, the progression system is so different in five that it is very, very easy to access compared to previous titles and previous titles weren't even that hard to access. But I think it's fantastic that they chose to use that same progression system from Legoland as the entire way that they did it in five. Um, do we have any comments on that uh, before on I move that. on to the next point? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I kind of have like a few points I want to touch yeah. in on that as well, where, you know, I, I'm definitely that kind of player where I've been playing very little of the races, uh, but I've just been exploring and, you know, doing what I love in Forza Horizon and collecting cars, pimping them out for no reason, smashing boards, you know, running over the, the ramps and seeing how far I can go, that kind of stuff. And I've leveled up quite high, like I'm like level 30 or something um, within 20 hours of, of gameplay with doing very minimal races um and on the progression system as well you know in the previous forza horizons you were you would choose to unlock like an event pack so for example you would unlock the drift pack or you'd unlock the street pack or whatever whereas this one you can say hey i want to unlock the next event within the street pack or the drift pack and you sort of choose you know you can smash out all of the drift one if that's what you're focusing on and then you could drop the game if you really wanted to whereas the other forza horizons you kind of had to like get through each event and then unlock them before you could progress too far within the one point so i think that progression system overall is just much better as yeah well. and uh so that that ties in really nicely with the the next of my my point laundry list um we we touched really briefly on expeditions and i want to just expand that a little bit so back in horizon 3 uh they did a really cool thing where you had a central hub area uh central festival area and uh, when you did enough events, you got to choose where the next satellite expansion for your festival would be. And that directly tied into the sort of events that would be unlocked for you. Uh, as an example, your, your, um, your, I don't actually remember where the main festival site was in 3, but one of the expansions that you could get was an expansion out by the dam. And the expansion out by the dam gave you uh, road racing events and a, and a new car. And you eventually had to get this in order to, to progress and, and finish the game. Um, and so uh, what has been really cool with um, 5 is that I, I don't quite remember how they did it in 4, but I don't think they had satellite expansions in the same way as they did in 3. Uh, and I quite like the satellite expansion idea. They're like, you know, eventually the whole map is just going to be filled with people doing festivals and things. Uh, and so Josh brought up expeditions. Expeditions are a return to what Horizon 3 did, where we do satellite festival expansions. But instead of just saying, you've done enough races, congratulations, you've now just unlocked a new area. They have these very thematic and spectacle driven just awesome moments of you going and like setting up the, the, the these new festival expansions um i i don't want to give too much away because i think they're one of the highest selling points of, of horizon 5 but uh there is one in particular which uh oh another I, I have a favorite i've done all of them and i have a favorite uh i don't know how many you've done josh or, or whether have you have favorites well. I think I've, I think I've either done three out of four or four out of four. I'm, I, I've done a lot of them, if not all of them. Um, I think, without giving too much details away, I think my favorite so far has been the one for the float, um, which was excellent. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> of the, 
That was freaking my, awesome. I love it. My favorite one would be the volcano. Oh, okay. So I haven't done all of them. Okay. So I, I'm probably one off, and that's probably yeah, the one I'm missing. That that one, um, I but well, it's yeah. If 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 you want to know yeah. <laughs> whether or not you'd be into Horizon, play the intro and play the volcano expedition. <laughs> that's it, yeah. That's a I, great I litmus test. The the volcano area in general is probably my favorite area of the game. So mm. <laughs> I'm definitely keen for yeah. that. And uh, you know, I, I guess to sort of throw out you know if you're if you're not too sure like i honestly as much as i love horizon Ford and forza moses port was always my baby i loved seven i loved six i love five i played all of those ones and i i smash out gran turismo as well i'd love those kind of like more simmy kind of games but um which actually forza horizon 4 released in 2018 this released now in 2021 When's there going to be another motorsport, Microsoft? Come on. Yeah, they've <laughs> it's been, been they've fucking said years. It's, it's coming. It's coming. But... Yeah, it's, it's... It better they be. They removed the number. So stable. <laughs> <laughs> they did remove the number. Well, maybe they'll um, come a bit. But anyway, I think. Because um, GT, like the Gran Turismo side with PlayStation, is probably coming out next year, I think they said. Feb it's year, coming think, in February ish. Oh, no, no. It got delayed. Yeah, so like, yeah it got delayed. So be interesting to see if, Michael, if, sorry, if Microsoft does like a, a big push. Hopefully they don't rush a motorsport out, but at the same time, if they put Horizon out now, honestly, twelve to twenty-four months. It's time. <laughs> okay, March. It's coming out March twenty twenty-two. Oh. So I'll have to buy a PS five for that. Um, so I'm keen for that one. We we did um, have that agreement that if I don't pay you back for the PS five by then, then you get to take it for <laughs> Gran Turismo. <laughs> Making me sound like a monster. But no, I no, would. I was the one that um, made that deal. The, <laughs> the, the, the Reaper Man comes for us all eventually. <laughs> um but yeah you know i i really love motorsport it's definitely still my favorite of the Horizon games but you don't get the spectacles in this like i don't want to go into spoilers i'm not going to talk about an expedition but to expand a little bit more around the very first intro of the game you drive the three different cars you end up choosing one of the cars uh and they're all quite cool cars i, I suppose it doesn't really give too much away like the first one is like what they, they offer you is like a, a chevy of some kind i don't remember exactly what it is i think it's the z06 uh, the stingray um it's the the late the model stingray, stingray okay. the 2019 mid-engine the, one the, okay well there you go that's that one they give you uh a bronco yep. i think was the second mm -hmm. car and then uh the new supra uh the 2020 supra oh, so you get to choose one of these three cars that you basically you race a few of them i think or similar versions of them as you're driving to the actually but they say hey I'm, choose one of these three cars i'm thinking it's and then it, they, the the, sorry, the yeah. second one's definitely a truck i don't think it's the bronco i think it might be a land rover i'm pretty sure it is that no i'm pretty okay. sure it's the bronco, be bronco because i haven't got a lane a range rover at the moment or a land mm. rover um either way so a truck only a psychopath would pick that over either the the, the stingray or the new supra though <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i ended up picking the stingray but i mean i, I kind of like the, the new supra <laughs> <laughs> it's too soon man oh. too soon. it's not for the horizon yeah. 3 <laughs> um <laughs> but um yeah you you drop into the festival they bring out three more cars out of this plane go choose one and you're, you're thinking, like, looking at this going, like, this is going to be like a Pokemon starter <laughs> choice, right? But they give you all three cars anyway, and you can swap between cars at any point, any, anywhere you are in the map. But to tune them, you have to go back to the main festival thing. Uh, so well, to upgrade just... them, you have to go back to the main festival. To tune them, you can do that from wherever. Oh, you can, yeah, you can, sorry, to tune them as in like literally change parts and upgrade yes you, you have to yeah, go back to the, the main section to just tweak things like your suspension and your brakes and whatnot 
Uh, you can do that yeah. anywhere and including before a race. Um, so one of my favorite pastimes, if this is going to sell anyone on the game is to pick up a very slow car. Like there's, they have speed ratings and classes. There's a certain car that's like a hundred and it's like 10 kilowatts for the entire car. And it's like this front door opening old school BMW. I don't even remember what the car is Oh, that's called. the, um, oh shoot. I, I know. I can't remember what it's called either. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can, I can see it in my mind. It's it's got it's got the weird it's got the weird wheelbase, but the the front two wheels are wider than the back two wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the entire like front door literally just yeah. opens up as the yeah. car. Oh. Um, but this thing's like ten kilowatts, it's a, and it's a you death can upgrade trap. it for like a hundred credits. It's it is a death trap. And I pimped it out so that it had five hundred kilowatts. And all of a sudden, I was racing this tiny little thing that whenever I tried to turn, I would power slide yeah. everywhere, and I just couldn't yeah. use the brakes <laughs> because I just had to drift around a corner. That. That to me is like peak fun. I absolutely love doing that, driving the maps. Uh, there was this like uh, old school van, this uh, Ford van. I can't remember what they, they called as well off the top of my head. I'm not my strong right van? now, but Ford it, was, it was a yeah, Ford Transit. Yeah. And it was like super slow. Like it took like three minutes to do a lap around this one race that uh, me and Craig were doing, which is another one of our friends. And I was like, <laughs> you call. know what? They might not you think we have friends unless you point it up. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but we were like okay we'll do this car and it'll be a meme and they adjust the races according to what car you're driving so we were all driving this really slow van and like we would turn a corner and we would just hold down accelerate and pretty much the race finished where everyone started because we just didn't have the speed to go anywhere and then i came back after i'd pimped out this van and all of a sudden i was driving this like class s2 or s1 van that was just absolutely smashing things and the game just didn't know how to adjust and it started racing us against these really kitted out like suvs and stuff really really loosely s1 is supercar s2 is hypercar just to just to give some yeah, pretty much. like a, a really really broad broad stroke comparison but um the, the game just sort of went i can't believe you've done this i don't know how to cope <laughs> and just started racing us against like these classes that were like b class and an a class which are the ones below s s1 and s2 where basically there were kitted out SUVs or like the Ford Broncos and stuff like that. But my van, because it was a similar type of car, they were matching it with me. And I was just smashing them. Like I lapped them in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, I was like, like, obviously that wouldn't happen online, but to do that kind of stuff and just, just have fun in, in the broader stroke of the world was just, it's, it's definitely worth playing. I think it's, it's a great addition to the Forza Horizon series. The the last two points, uh, the negatives, uh, just because they're they're quick. I should say the game isn't perfect. Um, all of the driving aspects I love and I think they're perfected. All of the pieces outside the driving aspect, I'm. Ugh, there are bits of it that I don't like. Number one, why does my character talk, and why can I only pick between two voices? <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree on that one. I think. I don't even think you talked. You, you haven't. You, you definitely actually. have not, yeah. because it was jarring to hear me in. It, I'm doing air quotes. Me, uh, in in Horizon Five, talking with a like a like a pompous British like like I, I don't Can't even I, I don't know the, UK the accents, but annoying British accent. <laughs> they were very annoying, and uh, because you choose a name um, for the most part, or you or a nickname if your name is in the list, which uh, it is quite a big list, but you, you would choose a name out of it and there's a voice line for that character. So they'll introduce you as like, hey, superstar most of the time, but whenever they can, they'll throw in your name. So they'll be like, hey, Josh, or hey, Patrick, or whatever. So you're also talking like just 
with these people and they're trying to make you feel like you're in this situation by addressing you by your name but the dialogue is so cringe oh, no, I, I think, I think the, <laughs> that you just don't want to hear the, it the dialogue I, I find humorous it's the it's the delivery that Do i you? find cringe <laughs> i find both of them pretty <laughs> fair <cringe>. enough <laughs> and especially because i i have a habit of picking a girl character in a game because i just always do so i like it picked up my name from my microsoft profile and it like it made me choose a girl it made me choose a voice i chose the female voice and then all of a sudden it's like hey josh and i was like you what and then i yeah and i think i went through and you can change all that stuff later um but oh man is it was a little touch that was meant to be good but i think definitely still needs mm. some work so i agree with yep. you there and the the final comment um the thing that spoils what would otherwise be a fantastic like it prides itself on being a social open world arcade racer but my word the number of multiplayer problems i've had across horizon 3 4 and 5 like i i have a master's degree in physics and a, and an undergraduate degree in mathematics and i could not figure out the multiplayer <laughs> it's 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 the problem is they they have they have systems and they don't tell you what systems you need just to play with a friend like all i wanted uh. to do was just play play with a friend and we played in horizon 4 we played in horizon 3 we get to horizon 5 cool how do we play together and in horizon 4 the like i still didn't like it then but you just learned the the sequence that you needed to do to get into an online game with your friend and weirdly it's the same sequence now it's just even less clear so the so the, the, there's like a convoy system which is i'm like in your party as it were but we don't have to be in the same session which is already kind of weird but we can do events and things and so i wanted us to be in the same session that way we could actually you know drive on the same map <laughs> you know play online <laughs> but it's a different multiplayer system between convoy and session and it's it's frustrating to me that they can't get that part smoother because it's the it's the same problems from Horizon 4 and Horizon 3 the only thing which at one time was even worse is that initially a whole bunch of people myself included was just getting randomly disconnected from servers and they say mm -hmm, press well. press left bumper for network diagnostic information you're like cool what are my network diagnostic it says you've been disconnected fantastic awesome what are my options retry or horizon solo i'll press retry and then five minutes later you've been disconnected and it would just cycle endlessly now to their credit in the last couple of days they've introduced patches and i haven't had it happen since but they're also you know to bring to hark back to the eight hundred thousand people pre-release that was when i was having the vast majority of those issues i don't think they were expecting those numbers so i think no no no, no but, but even probably a little so, bit of um, it's not just that though because the system that they use to connect people to the servers i'm pretty sure is torito using using windows which um it's kind of like you you have a game that you've paid and and used but it uses systems and windows that you would otherwise never touch and in Horizon 4, there were big problems with Torito connections and people using the Xbox Companion app because it would just refuse to connect you to the server unless you hacked registry keys for your Torito settings. And for a while, when I when all of these rampant disconnects were happening, I was worried that that same thing would be happening in Horizon 5. But uh, as I said, after the patches, and you're right, it probably was a lot larger of a launch than they were predicting. Um, but I am... I am really hoping we're not back into the same uh, find Torito hacks online from from forums and things because 
holy hell, like a cornerstone of why Horizon is so much fun is the casual open world social aspect of it. And my word, is it difficult for that one cornerstone to stand up if you're just plagued with network problems that don't seem to be your own fault. Um, it is actually strange you say that because this is the first one I've played online and it's the first one I've even bothered trying to do the multiplayer. And like I said, I was playing online with, with Craig, one of our friends, and I I struggled. I was It took me like the better part of 20 minutes to get this thing working. And then even then it would disconnect every 10 minutes or so. Um, and, you know, we would drive up to people uh, like each other and other people in the convoy and they would just straight up disappear and we had no idea or no context. So we're trying to like do these skill boards and stuff together that are in weird places and do jumps and do some of these races and everything uh, and find barns. And pretty much everything except the race itself just didn't yeah. work. <laughs> but as, aside from that, bad. like I, I don't want those downsides to take away from it. I'm just saying those down, well, the networking especially, I don't really care about the character voice. The networking especially has the potential to bring this game down if it's going to be an issue in the future. But as of recording this, at least, it seems like whatever patches and fixes that they've put in place have mitigated 99% of those issues. I've been disconnected a couple times, but nothing that's been, you know, too, too terrible. And in every other way, this is such a good racing game and easily the best in the Horizon series so far. Um, any closing thoughts from you, Josh, before we, before we move on? No, I, um, I, I definitely think it is probably the, the, the best Horizon game so far as well. Um, I just really am excited to see what the DLC is going to be, to be honest. So I'm keen to see what they're going to do. That's you know that's going to be a serious one, and then what's going to be a silly one. I yeah, especially since there's usually like the Fortune Island and stuff tied in very very well to that that sort of I guess setting. Um, and so did like the the snow with the Blizzard Mountains. Like we have like Blizzardy Mountains in Australia. So I'd be interested to see if it's going to be like loosely based around mexico as well and to see what other kind of map section they're going to add in because they're, they're pretty much going to add another map section what so if it was the the, the u.s really border <laughs> let's not go into politics <laughs> but um yeah a, a discussion think, uh, for another time perhaps be <laughs> but if it is something you heard it here first <laughs> i'd really love to do like to see something around like the um the, the parade of the dead and stuff that they do i can't remember what it is in in mexican language but Dia that'd be really cool, Muertos, like, just to I'm see the sure. artistic change but something yeah. like that yeah um obviously I, I don't speak spanish but um yeah, to have something that's a, a very drastic art style switch up would be really cool, and I'm really excited to see what the next silly one's going to be if they keep that same. Did they bring up. back that um that battle royale mode that was Horizon Eliminator? Mode? Yes, they did. Yeah, yes, they, they, they did. I I was honestly shocked. Um, we'll do a minute because I realize how long we spent on Horizon Five. So, uh, for context, Eliminator first announced alongside the wave of battle royale modes that people were just cramming into games, uh, and I thought. A battle, a battle royale mode in, in Forza Horizon, fine, whatever. I'm never going to touch it because the PvP is toxic as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so in this game, uh, in Horizon 5, they said, hey, if you play this and do better than last, we'll give you a car. And I thought, well, if I'm oh, going to try it, I might as well try it. I I am honestly shocked how how well it works. It's, it's Fortnite-y and you choose where on the map you want to drop in. Um, you drop into that point... Uh, you, everyone starts in the 68 Volkswagen Beetle. Uh, that's considered a level one car. And then they just put what in Fortnite would be weapon drops around the place, but in this case, a car drops, and you just want to level up your car as much as possible. And you eliminate other players by challenging them to a head-to-head. -head. And 
yeah real simple the only thing i don't like there's no team aspect to it so us being in a party together josh we we would still be just basically making a truce playing eliminated together but otherwise uh, no no peace um no otherwise a thoroughly enjoyable game mode and i um yeah i i am surprised i'm comfortably surprised at how good it is considering how bad i i had set it up to be yeah. from from just assuming yeah. it was an ad hoc thing that they'd stuck in for yeah i, I, um, I, really I remember them it. talking about releasing good. it did you uh, see i didn't play it in four and then i i took a one look at it and basically did what you did and i was like i i don't want a battle royale in my like open world racing sim why on earth would i want that and then i looked at it in number five and it was really sort of directing me to go there and i've just still been avoiding it but if it's the head-to-heads and it's the same as the way that the head-to-head works in the multiplayer convoys where it basically just sets up a yep. part of the map and you just race yep. there it's that and it does the better way all thing where the map slowly shrinks so people have to you know 1v1 each other more can you reject the race with the head it was i went into it expecting nothing and i was like pleasantly surprised and i kept doing it yeah i never got any better but it was still pretty good yeah <laughs> the uh yeah you have to like if, if you challenge someone to a head-to-head there's no back out like it's uh it's uh, okay it's on, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing this and you're facing yeah. them, like, the wrong way okay yeah or or if if oh, wow. you know someone challenges you and they don't realize that you're in a better car free win yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah the uh final thing um hidden gem uh, one of the horns you can get. Some of the horns have been fantastic. Horizon 4 introduced the XP so shutdown good. noise. Win- uh, Horizon yes. 5 gets the Windows 10 notification sound. Uh, or the Microsoft Teams calling sound. Uh, which I just unlocked. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Having been in a multiplayer lobby where someone has those, it is just as toxic as it sounds, and I am all here for Imagine it. Imagine the flame <laughs> where it's just like, thing going up to do flashbacks to work and just having a seat yeah. on the ground. There is no all, escape. All yeah. of that. All of that. Anyway. You can only get them from a wheel spin as well. So it's luck. And uh, um, I, I got some really cool cars out of those wheel spins, which are like the RNG things. And then I got the team's call sound, and it's the most happy I've been in the game yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah. No, all, all definitely good selling points. Uh, Horizon 5, out now. Check it out. Um, yeah, thoroughly recommend. Um, that... If- if I may be so bold, sure. uh, while while you guys were talking about that, I've um I, I found out that Digital Foundry did in fact do a Xbox performance test uh, video. Ooh. So uh I'd just like to throw out a few numbers if you guys are at all interested in that. Yeah, hit me oh, with the numbers. Sure. So, the Xbox One S performs uh, the game at 800p to 1080p and it's uh, 30 FPS only. Oh my god. Well, you and I can't one see X. Frames a second, so it's fine. <laughs> you you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> one one X is sixteen hundred P to four K, also locked at thirty FPS. Uh Series S is ten eighty P minimum, fourteen forty P maximum for thirty FPS, or eight ten uh, P to ten eighty P for sixty. Uh, Series X is 4K fixed for 30 FPS and 1600 to 4K for 60 FPS. And for loading time, loading time comparisons, there are some instances where the One S and the One X are basically instant no loading times, while the older consoles have anywhere between 24 to 40 ish seconds of loading. And there was one instance where the uh, the series consoles had about 10 seconds of loading, while the uh, one consoles had about 25 seconds of loading. 
Interesting. Buy it on PC. All I can say. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Buy, yeah. I don't buy have loading times PC and I run it at 4K. If you have the series consoles, get those. Yeah. yeah. Um, as, as I say, I'm running on I, what's effectively circa 2012, 2013 hardware and a 1080 Ti, and I haven't had any issues. Uh, I don't know what frame rate that I'm running at, but it looks great. And that that seems to be outperforming the uh, the Xbox One consoles. Yeah. Excellent. And with that long discussion about Forza Horizon 5, that brings us to the end of the gaming segment. Uh, next up, we will run through some news. The news this week looks relatively light. to be a, a bunch of pretty quick things. And then discussion on Elden Ring. So I'll kick things off. And it's Forza Horizon 5 again. Uh, but just because I... Uh, it, it was it, it's it's separate enough that it, it shouldn't have been part of the game discussion, but boy, is it funny. Uh, basically, uh, after that discussion that we just had about Forza Horizon 5, one of the things that we didn't touch on, but wasn't really a core cons uh, part of the game, um, for Josh or I anyway, is that for each individual car, if you just drive around and just do stuff in that car, uh, if you build up like a skill chain, like a combo, you know, driving, near-missing, similar kind of system as other games, um, it'll just give you skill points and these skill points can be used on any car and they just give you like little perks uh, They don't change the performance of the car. They just change how like the combos work So you get more combo points for certain actions and it's like a little tree So you sort of you have a certain number of skill points you, you pick the, the things that you want on whatever car now some absolute mad lads on the internet figured out that if you buy a Wiley's Jeep, maybe it's Willie's Jeep. I don't know how you say it. It's the it's a 1945 Willie's. Uh -huh. Yeah, so the 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 old like World War Two like Grandpa Simpson driving type Jeep. Um, if you buy that, it's only forty thousand credits in game, which is really not a lot. Like the the cheapest car you can buy, I think, is about twenty thousand for for um, context. And so what they found is that if you put in a very small number of skill points, you can get what's called a super wheel spin, which gives you three better than normal rewards. And so you are almost guaranteed to get more than the 40,000 credits back. And so what people have been doing is stocking up a bunch of money and a bunch of uh, skill points and just buying a ton of these Jeeps for the super wheel spin. Now, there's also a mechanic that they've introduced in Horizon 5. We didn't touch on it because, again, it's not game break uh like it's not like a game shifting thing um gifting uh, gifting players cars uh there are people that play too much horizon like i did uh, and say horizon 4 where your garage will eventually just fill up and you can't buy any more cars uh, and so you need to get rid of them either by selling them through the auction house or as of horizon 5 you can gift them to other players so what has been happening some of you out there might have figured it out. People are buying a ton of these 1940s Willys Jeeps for $40,000, putting enough, uh, 40,000 credits, putting enough skill points in there for the super wheel spin, and then just giving it to someone else. Which means that if you receive a gift in-game, like I did earlier today, you have a 110% chance that it's going to be someone's already abused Willys Jeep. <laughs> which is basically just serving as a loot box vector at this point. But it is so funny, because now we have people on the internet calling for playground games, the developers of Horizon 5, to in some way nerf the Jeep, which is already pretty terrible from a performance standpoint or limit the number of times people can gift other players cars or just at least limit the number of jeeps people can buy it's it's absolutely wild and all of this is was discovered and happening 
effectively day one of, of Horizon 5's release, which means you have a whole bunch of new players coming to the game going, ooh, I have a gift from another player, kind of like Pokemon Wonder Trading. And to, to then get a shitty Jeep at the end of it is just so funny to me. I want to um, bring up a few things about this as well, is that the first one, you, you can't deny a gift. Once you find it in the barn, it just goes to your garage. <laughs> you, you don't get a chance to say, please, no, I don't want it. And the other thing is that when you gift a car, you can choose uh, like basically a, like a dynamic for it to go to. And one of them is new players. Yeah, so that's, that's you can touch spam on. it to new players. Yeah, you can spam it to new players. <laughs> and when you receive it, you can you you do have the option to not say anything, but the game tries really hard to make you say thank you for this shitty Jeep I will never use to the player that sent it to you. It's it's amazing. <laughs> I think the four or five options you get are something along the lines of like I will take uh, care you've of made this my car. day, thanks. <laughs> or I really like this car. Yeah, I'll take care of this car. And then there's one that's just like thank you, and then yeah, just don't send a message at all. So all these people are getting messages like yes, thank you for your spare garbage. <laughs> Uh, and it's not even like Pokemon where you get traded the car and it doesn't listen to you until you get a certain number of badges. And the car I appreciate you any way for uh, people to just abuse loot box systems like this and get just cheat the system for rewards. I mean, it does kind of kill the, uh, I guess, progression path through Forza. If you really wanted to, you could just drive that car in the open world very, very quickly, get the super wheel spin, very quickly unlock like all of these cars and have all the credits to buy all the cars and all the upgrades. So it kind of takes away from the game a little bit, which is the only really sort of down thing I have to say about it. But um, yeah, no, otherwise, but you yeah, it's a bit of fun. It. Like, it's it, pretty funny. Exploit's an exploit. Yeah, you don't like, have to do it at all, no. If, if, you, if people want to play that way, they're really ruining their own experience. Yeah, well, that that's the thing, is that like this, this behavior, like Forza, because it, because it doesn't really have a focus on competitive, um, to get a competitive car usually isn't that prohibitive. Like people just stocking up on money from abusing this exploit, they, in most cases, won't get any kind of competitive advantage. And it'll just mean that, you know, they have more money to buy a, a shiny new toy that they like in, in the auto show. So it's, yeah. it's kind of one of those, it's not really harming anyone except the people receiving just floods of shitty Magic Cup Jeeps. <laughs> Maybe the real form is the Jeep from the middle of the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I, yeah, I, I'm curious to see what what uh, Playground Games does uh, in response to this, or if they don't do anything at all. Um, anyway, enough about that one. Uh, Seth, you also have some Forza news for us. Uh, yeah, so um, uh, this just like popped into my periphery vision as we were talking about things. Um, so earlier, Josh mentioned that. Uh, um, uh, the game addresses you by your Microsoft account name. And unfortunately, that has the uh, side effect of dead naming trans players at the moment. Oh, it probably would. Yeah, it 100% is right now. And uh, yeah, it's not great. I mean, you can you can change that literally almost immediately, like after like 20 minutes of gameplay. And to be fair, um, it, it is pulling from your Microsoft profile, which is data that you enter. Yeah. Obviously, these yeah, this people is, have forgotten this is, about uh, it, forgotten to change it. This but... is probably something that people didn't expect, and like they probably just yeah. never change their Microsoft account name because why would they? Sort of thing. Yeah, like it's not something that Microsoft has done. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not intentional. A, a it's just a, it's side, just an really. unfortunate side effect at the moment. Yeah, and yeah, um, that that news isn't nearly as funny as the shitty Jeep exploit. Yeah, no, no. It, it like. 
um, it, it's definitely not. I, I just wanted to bring this up because it just popped into my uh, into my uh, periphery vision as we've been talking about Forza, and I kind of felt like it needed to be addressed. But yeah. um, I mean, probably not from Microsoft side of things. It honestly is a you know, it's an onerous on on your own sort of side of things to to change that, um, to to you know, change the setting in the game or change the setting in your Microsoft uh, account. But uh, it is very unfortunate. So yeah. Obviously, it's a bit of a downbeat, but I guess we can finally move on from Forza. Yeah. Um, the other little piece of news that I want to bring up, just because it's the last thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, do you guys remember Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl? That game that the came out with... Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the smash My killer of its time. The one that they decided to... <laughs> the one that, uh, the one that dropped Danny when Phantom. they... The one that uh, <laughs> dropped when they released Sora, right? The the Sora yes. release trailer was the oh sorry the um. That's direct, how you know that yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have to bring in the the their big guns to make sure the that people are straight to Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. Well, they the thing had is, it worked. They to go to Papa Disney to get them out of this mess. Yeah, and and <laughs> Papa Papa Disney did in fact bully Nickelodeon All Stars into oblivion because. Uh, I thought it was just me in not seeing as much content as I did for like the day one, week one content creators on YouTube making things for it. But no, if you look at the Steam Play account, which I get isn't representative of all the platforms that it's on and everything else, but it has just been in free fall since it came out. It's at the point where Artifact, remember that game, the game that Steam, like Valve themselves said, this is a dead game, we'll make everything free if you want to play it, but there is nothing more to this game. Like, we're sorry, we screwed up. Only has, uh, like, a few players less than Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl now. Yeah, no, as it far as like I know, day, Nickelodeon right? All-Star Brawl did the best on Steam because uh, PC was where you'd be able to mod in some things where that were missing. But the game just has some general, uh, let's say, lack of polish. That yeah, it uh, became that, pretty clear from the week one videos. Yeah, so just because of that, it's kind of lost its legs as soon as it came out. Mm. Which, yeah, it's it's funny in one sense because I don't know. There's something funny about seeing a game with so much hype just just fall face first into the ground but it is sad given that a lot of the particularly the developer content for it the hey like let me show you how this character worked they seemed really sincere and happy to show you what they've made that oh, i yeah, can't no. help but feel bad for them yeah no the developers that like really cared about that game it's just that they nickelodeon didn't give them a budget they didn't even like give them um past the voice lines to throw in there for the characters yeah, really so it's it's yeah, like watching gameplay, it's really weird because you just get the background noise and some like slappy sound like effects. Grunts and, and things. Go off. You yeah. don't even get grunts. It just, it's like just weird grunts. slaps and hits. It there's no character voices at all. Uh. Well, anyway, that was the end of my <laughs> two two sad news stories in a row. Wow. Um. Any any happier news that someone wants to toss in, or I don't know, floor, uh, floors open news. up. Who wants to Who wants to go next? If we're going to do happy news, I wouldn't mind tying in one first because it is the greatest thing I've heard this week. Go on. And it's that Chris Pratt will not be voicing a character in the DMZ anime. So this has taken Thank my God. heart from the, gate, uh, from the anime to be a 10 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10. You could not be more <laughs> wrong. <laughs> but that's all I want to say about that. Imagine um, Chris Pratt as Dante. It would have been perfect. Please, God. <laughs> Chris Pratt as Virgil. Even better. Hang on. So wait, so the... 
But I, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> who's, who's Chris Pratt again? Uh, he, the he's the original Mario, Mario voice actor. Oh yeah, Mario guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. You might have you might have also heard him in the upcoming Garfield film. Yes. You might have also heard his uh, his recent ad libs of Wahoo. I'm Mario. <laughs> <laughs> He, he he was the one that uh, he was the one that that shook the hand of Sora in the final uh, announcement trailer. <laughs> I thought he was voiced uh, by yeah. Uh, also, star of the hits game Guardians of the Mario Galaxy. <laughs> so, so where does Mario sit in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh, he's he's, he's dead. He's been replaced by Chris Pratt. Over the Garfield Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, also Chris Pratt. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. it's it's a it's a weird crossover, but uh, I I believe that they can make it work. Um, so, um, the real question is whether Chris Pratt is the title character for Mario Kart Nine. I'm sorry to announce this, but uh, episode three, we are all being replaced by Chris Pratt. Welcome to the Chris Pratt. I wonder if we could find a voice modulation thing for that. Oh, oh my god, that'd be so funny. <laughs> um. But uh, I guess on other small news, since I was talking about things that should not be talked about, don't really want to go into it, but uh, League of Legends now has an anime out on Netflix that they're releasing weekly. I think at this point, they're now up to two episodes. Genuinely looks pretty good. I've been I've, hearing um, good things. The, yeah, I've been hearing good things about that too. That That's Arcane, I think. Uh, I think it's called Arcane, yeah. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, Dota did it, so of course they had to do it. So Yeah, but the, uh, the Dota tie-in was to release the most busted character in Dota that we've seen in years. So if they're doing a League tie-in, <laughs> yeah. good luck. Good luck everyone out there that, that still plays League. <laughs> um, I'm left now, good luck everybody else. Yeah, you, you and, um, you and your, your Leapfrog like learning PC that you play it on uh, are probably going to get smashed by whatever character they release from Arcane. But good luck to you out there. Yeah, so... Yep, that that happens. Um, and then, I pretty much really the only other thing that's uh, sort of small news. So I really want to cover off is that yet another version of Skyrim is being released as of today in recording, <laughs> right. which is the eleventh. Um, oh. It is containing Creators Club DLC that hasn't been released yet, as well as some that has been released, and includes like fishing and other bits and pieces. We all know Skyrim at this point. We all know the drill. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you t- tell us a bit about that game? Todd, I bought your game once. Please leave me alone. <laughs> I've bought it stupid amounts of times, and I will probably end up buying it again when it goes on sale because, like I said about Voice of Cards, I have no self control. Like, especially when you can pay like twenty dollars, and that gives you all the access to that um, the anniversary content if you already own the anniversary. Sorry, if you already own if you already own the legendary edition. So you don't have to purchase it but for then, the 49th time. You can if you want. Um, don't think you should, but... I heard that's when it I gets good, though. I just want Papa Todd to love me, you know? Like, I just, just want him to show my, my affection for Skyrim so that we can finally get another version when it releases on the next generation of consoles. Well, I think it's <laughs> next generation of consoles. I think, you're, I think they're due next year. Uh, that's not. Let's. Let's about Switch. <laughs> no, no, not not the consoles. I mean, uh, Skyrim. Another oh, release yes. of Skyrim is due next year. Oh yeah, well, probably. Like Starfield game. Coming Skyrim with fishing, but Starfield also with like else. something else. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they're just releasing more Skyrim games to help print money first. Uh, the Elder, <laughs> Elder Scrolls Six, Skyrim Two. But they just got bought by Microsoft. How much more money do they need? Did they need money? All the money out of Skyrim or something? Who knows? Right, well, that's pretty much uh, it for my news. If, if you want to sort of throw yeah, in some of yours, Stephen. Um, so I'm not sure if you guys have heard of this. It's like a, a little anime um, called Boruto. 
and it turns out his dad is being put into Fortnite. Whoa, that seems wow, like a really dad. minor character to put yeah. into Fortnite. I mean, it makes yeah. it, it makes sense. His signature move is called Resen Gun. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> 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 Welcome to episode three. We have lost. Uh, we have lost Steve. <laughs> yeah, for 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 those that uh, can't see the podcast right now, which is all of you, Steve has Steve is walking away from the computer. I've resin guns my way out of my life. Um, but yeah, so um, the Naruto is coming to Fortnite. Um, believe it. Finally. The, uh, the number one thing believe I want it. from this crossover is for everyone to start Naruto running the weekend he's So out. I guess, oh, so man. the things that I've been seeing online, we are going, to, we, got, we are living in a timeline where it is going to be cool to Naruto run in school because... The blonde kid, because Rick Sanchez from Fortnite is doing it. Yes. <laughs> yes, it will be. I, this is the worst timeline. I, I hated time every line. word in that sentence. There's, there's not a single part of my body that was okay with anything that was just said there. Welcome to me with Chris Pratt. You can have Naruto default dancing on top of Master Chief. <laughs> Master Chief, Naruto. While, while, while Thanos watches. Master Chief Naruto running would be the best. Uh, <laughs> Kratos oh, Naruto running. Just imagine all the lobbies filled. It's yeah. Sasuke, where are you dropping? <laughs> it's just jump force. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of jump yeah, force, like... that game is dead as fuck. Uh, they are. They are. Uh, I'm guessing it was licensing issues, but um, that game's and its DLCs are being taken off uh, all digital storefronts uh, in February. And its online services are ending in August. I don't think it was a, a licensing issue. Because from what I understand, it was Jump that actually published it. And because it was owned by Jump, it's not like you could lose it because they own all the IPs from my understanding. I think it I think it might have something to do with the Western side because the licenses are out to different uh, dubbing companies. Sure. It's, yeah, I don't really know. If, if, but if every character in that game is Chris Pratt, how many licensing issues well, could there be? Well, they don't have any of the voices, though. <laughs> Please so that's no. what the whole thing is. But... At the same time, I, I played that game quite extensively last year. It is exactly what you think it is. It is go do punch. <laughs> a lot of jumping and a lot of forcing. It was literally a mistake made by uh, Japanese developers trying to appeal to Western gamers. Yeah, and the way <laughs> the 3D models look off, the fact that they've got like. I've hated it ever since I noticed Freezer's teeth in the first yeah, trailer. Well. <laughs> Freezer's weird baby teeth. Been, been dropping... The moment that Kira pops up is the worst part yeah. of gaming history. But they've been dropping... <laughs> they didn't even make Kira a playable character. Yeah, that's right. He's in there. No. Jeremy is in there. And you, you can get your own um, OC characters in there. Do not steal. Um, but they've been dropping DLC for it like quite frequently. Like I think I saw like three or four mo- months ago. Uh, they did like a couple of Bleach and My Hero Academia characters. They did some more JoJo characters. Yeah. They just did Jono Giovanna. Oh, so part five. So that's. I, I don't. Why are they doing this? Are the online player base is like. Not they probably had an agreement like money. Um, to release X amount of DLC prior to the game releasing, thinking it was going to be bigger. And they probably committed yeah. this to their workforce or something. Because so this is two season passes for it. it yeah. 
The last season pass only just recently finished up earlier this year. That could be another reason as well, yeah. Actually put like pulling through on it. But uh yeah, good. It's it's dead and so ends that piece of, of games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's there's there's that side of me that's like it's it's another showcase of why I don't think we're ready for digital because things get taken down like this. Yeah. And, um like even if it's a bad game, if people want to buy it and check it out, like sure, there's still the physical copies, but um it, there's no version that has all the DLC characters on it, so they're just gonna be lost forever. Yeah, it's like you downloaded and you exported it out or something. But yeah. are we really losing anything it, in this? Not really, but there's also that point. It's gonna be like, oh, remember Boruto's dad. Yes, no, because <laughs> because every now every now and then people do videos on old games like this just to have yeah. a, a fuck around and see what's going on and what like history of anime games or something, and it's just like an interesting time capsule. I think it was Lythero that did a video on it, being like, "I played this, so you don't have to." And that was the most enjoyment I've ever got out of that game was watching someone else suffer. Oh, through I'll it. Admit, I probably enjoyed <laughs> it for about like five hours. Like it is like a, it is cool seeing all like fire and like there's pretty destructible environments and it's, it does look good from a, like the attacks look good, not the models themselves. But then after five hours, it's like okay, bye, I'm out. I remember, I remember when the game came out. There was something hilarious where um. Vegeta's final flash is minus on hit, so he can be punished for hitting you with his ultimate attack. Yeah, the balance is very good. And there's obviously, wow. like, <laughs> obviously Goku's like one of the strongest characters as well. As I mean, that just makes sense. No one can beat Goku. Yeah. What about Superman? It's no Sailor Moon fighting game on the SNES, though. Was it SNES? Yeah, it was a SNES, and that is a, that is a fantastic fighting game that has busted out the ass, which makes it even more enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep, right. keeping on the, the theme of anime news... It looks like they've got the casting for Netflix's One Piece um, live-action show that they're doing. God, nothing against the cast, but I hate this. I hate that they're doing live-action over there, and they also announced that they're going to be doing Yu Yu Hakusho live-action. Yeah. Who's Chris Pratt playing, though? Oh, I think playing everyone. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> they're also doing, uh, while we're on the news, I guess, the Cowboy Bebop live-action, which also looks oh. terrible. Yeah, yeah, oh. so this is all just like following off from the Cowboy Bebop thing where uh. Cowboy's happening. Now they've shown the One Piece cast and they've also announced that they're going to do Yu Yu afterwards. And it's like, please I mean, just I stop. I don't like I don't like when they turn anime into like yeah, it, it shouldn't it, be done. It always sucks. The the Cowboy Bebop one does look the best out of all uh, of them yeah. so far. Like just transition wise and everything looks oh. kinda decent. But the the cast and everything, I just don't think nineties anime especially yeah. This doesn't work in a lot of And especially that's what they're going to do for One Piece. Like the, the source material is not finished. It is not going to be finished for some time. Like, the, I mean, even starting now, by the time they reach like season four, uh, there'd be <laughs> so much material to work with where it's not a problem. Yeah, but it's all yeah, well, That's the big question. <laughs> is the live action show going to be, going to have live action filler episodes? And then, and then, I'm out. Like, if they're doing live-action filler episodes, that's it. See you later. Like, I love One Piece. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. 
Live action. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm, I'm just stuck on the comment of together. turning nineties anime uh, like turning yeah nineties anime into live action. I keep thinking like the Lion King transition of like nineties beloved children's movie to live action Discovery documentary gone wrong. Well, Disney did yeah Disney's oh, done no. that like a Aladdin live action movie came out Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King. Mulan was horrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. are we allowed to talk about Mulan? Uh, no, 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 no I'm, I'm putting a ban on that. I made it about a third of the way through with my girlfriend, and we both quit. No, I watched it the whole way through. It doesn't get better. Um. <laughs> we stopped before they even got a chance to disappoint us about there being no uh, "I'll make a man out of you" song. Yeah, definitely a, a bold choice not to include that in the in the remake. Yeah. Aladdin was yeah. okay, yeah. The Beauty and the Beast one was okay as well. Yeah. It's like they started I okay they even and they did used to that. progressively got worse. I fell asleep in it, but I fell asleep in a lot of movies. But... <laughs> the only movie I've almost fallen asleep on was uh, Batman vs. Superman. I guess throwing into movies, um, Peter Jackson's studio as well, which is Weta. Weta Digital? Weta? Yeah, Weta, yeah Digital. Weta, Weta Digital. Weta Digital. Um, they just got bought out by Unity for sixteen billion, which is pretty crazy. Mm. This is Any an odd move. It's very odd. Good for Peter Jackson. What do we think is the uh the the? Yeah, it's good for Peter Jackson, but it's not like it was star for money. Can't, can't wait um, for him to just <laughs> buy Wellington at this point. Can't wait for Avatar <laughs> two to be all done in Unity. In Unity. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> just the, comes out looking like jump force. <laughs> the the context for it being that um, we have uh, not we have. What am I saying? That we as New Zealand have uh, the yeah, Weta Digital known for its work with Lord of the Rings, especially uh, The Hobbit, less so. Um, VFX good, movies bad, um, and Avatar, and then more recently some of the the Marvel films. Um, and yeah. this Unity buyout seems to be trying to get access to Weta's proprietary tech for uh, like different simulations and different physics models and things. So I can kind of see why they do it, but I, yeah, I'm, from talking to someone more knowledgeable on this than me, they're kind of confused by this move. So I Everyone guess we'll just kind of have to talk about see. it. Is very confused about this. Yeah. Um, even if it was trying to get Weta to use Unity for digital production, Unity isn't doesn't seem that great for those purposes and um whenever you talk about digital production you're always looking towards unreal for it which is mm. probably why unity is trying to make it by buying out wetters for them to use it but um I, unity would need to make some big advancements to be in the same league they are also you know they're getting access to a lot of talent that maybe they're wanting exposure and feedback on as well which might be valuable for them so yeah you never know but i personally i don't think it's all that smart but i am no businessman so yeah okay well uh patrick you had a few things you wanted to, to talk about uh no it was just uh one more thing as i was thinking of it um we we we've received official word here at the fast travel lounge that nintendo decided to release um blinding uh blinding Brilliant. diamond Brilliant diamond shining yeah, pearl. I thought you were doing a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brilliant diamond shining pearl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we we received official word at the fast travel lounge that they've actually decided to U-turn on their Switch release and they're releasing on PC first, uh, courtesy of a bunch of people that that hacked it and found it leaked early. <laughs> Which people think is uh, done in Unity for the record. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I forgot about that little point, but um. <laughs> 
following on from yeah, that leak, sweet, Nintendo sweet segue, has, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, following on from the leak, it, Nintendo has also publicly announced that they're doing a 1.10 update release very soon. Like I think now, uh, before reviewers get their copies, because that leaks version is definitely not finished. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it's unrelated to the fact that videos of their game have been all over the internet for like 24 hours yeah. now. Oh yeah, no, Nintendo yeah. would have never announced this uh this um uh, this patch otherwise it would have been all all fine and dandy. Well, they have announced the patch, they've been think... like, oh, you've got a day one patch as well. They just they are doing a bit of damage control, but at the same time, it's like damage control they probably shouldn't have needed to do because it's obviously an a ninety percent finished build they got out there. And, but I'm still very yeah. curious from my understanding. Let's get out there. There's someone just. Sort of yeah, I think it's usually just chance. someone gets like a cart early and uploads it like from a mum and pop shop. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, or you know, yeah, someone might have just taken one out of a shipping container yeah. or something. You never know. Um, I think it, the less we say about this is is honestly probably the better because, like like you said, it is a, it is an unfinished ROM. Apparently, it doesn't even have a title, intro, video, or anything like that. It's just a black screen, and you click A and basically start the game. I don't. I've tried to avoid a lot of news about it, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, overall, it, it's definitely. Yeah, no. Sorry, f- finish your point, Josh. Yeah, well, it, it basically, all I was going to say is it's definitely not finished. You know, every single game I've pretty much played on Switch where I have bought it and you know either just put it in a cart or I've pre-downloaded it has mm. had a day one patch. Like this is nothing unusual at this point. All games have a day one patch now, and that's a, a sign of the times, I guess. And that's probably okay. It's it's usually like the, though it's usually something along the lines of last minute bug fixes. Yeah. This is like adding in an entire post game and like the last ten percent of the game they needed to get done. Yeah, it's really weird. I was wondering what, if, what it's like behind the screens when this type of thing sort of happens, but at the same time, like sort of watching potato chips get made, it probably it would lose the magic. And if you really saw what was going on, <laughs> you'd be like, you know what, nah. But yeah, so it comes out next yeah, week. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I want, I wanted to touch on that really quickly, and that like, I obviously I joke about that it's out on PC. I'm definitely not in favor of games being leaked early. Um, I don't think anyone here is. I, I think it's just kind of shitty in most cases because usually the response from the developers when they find out that their games are leaked is just damage control yeah. because people just meme on it until it's actually supposed to be out. Like it. It, it fucked with Last of Us 2 quite a bit, yeah, having, having right. it leaked early, yeah. or at least ha- having having the plot leaked. Obviously, yeah. it wasn't the, the ROM of the game, but having the plot of a story-driven game leaked like a month or so in advance completely fucked them. Uh, and here as well, like I, I feel bad for pretty much everyone involved because if you're the develop if you're a developer working on that and you know it's not finished and you're working as hard as you can in probably some horrendous crunch time to make it ready, this is not going to help you. And if you ship, if you ship a a day one unfinished game, say Cyberpunk 2077 or something, the reviews are still going to be that it's a shitty game. But for whatever reason, when it's an early, like when it's like a leaked game and it's not finished, it's somehow made worse. And I don't, I don't understand that. Like if it's, if it's day one and unfinished, it's bad. But if it's leaked unfinished, it's somehow even worse. It's like if, if we hadn't known about this leak and it was still released like this day one, I don't think the press would be any worse, but for some reason it's just treated as worse because it's leaked early. I think it's also mm-hmm. a point of it. Um, one, this is Pokemon, so there's going to be a 
much bigger outcry about it because Pokemon is like the biggest uh biggest IP in the world. And also because this is a, this isn't Game Freak this time. This is another developer. So it could have been like people going, Oh, this should never have been handed to anyone else. It should have been Game Freak's baby. Yeah, just on that, I wanted to touch on that as well, that it is obviously the first main series or remake title that is being handled by a different developer, yeah. which is Ilka. Very interesting. Um, so, well. yeah, it's because, I mean, it's um, interesting how they decided it, but it's just rough on Ilka, yeah. which is just sad. Um, yeah, no. For, and obviously they needed time to to flash a cart, to uh, sorry, to flash a ROM to carts, to ship all that, to to get it out and you know out and about. So this could have been several months ago that this ROM was flashed to these carts. Yeah. So yeah, gold standards are usually yeah. like three months ahead of release or something. Yeah, exactly. So to be they're effectively being punished for standard practices on a game that was has had months of development since. So I think the less said about the ROM as a uh, as a review mm. probably yeah, is, is better yeah but uh but it's also if this leak had never happened we would have never known about this game being a state either because like like what's just happening now is nintendo's pushing out this patch because it's about to go out to reviewers for them to play and get their reviews ready so even even in this set in this case, without uh, even without the, uh, if a leak had never happened, we'd never see it like this because reviewers would be getting a complete game. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The 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 final the final thing I'll say, and then and then I do want us to move on, is that just it's crazy. Obviously, this is an infinitely more complex game than you know back in the day. But to just think about when, say, Pokemon Emerald comes out on a little GBA cartridge, what you see is what you get. There's no patching mechanism. There's no update mechanism. Any bugs that are left in that game they're there forever it's it's i don't know it's just kind of one of those surreal like look how far we've come that in the space of what 20 years we we're at the stage where we can have a game already shipping to places where people can buy it and release and the first thing that it does is is like finish yeah like fi finish some <laughs> of the development pieces anyway I, I want us to move on yeah i, I, I think yeah. we've spoken enough about this um yeah chances are it'll come up again in a future episode but yeah, for for all the the fun and and memes we have for it, it we I, I think we're, we're all collectively in agreement that overall it is a shitty situation for everyone. Um, so we'll just have to, you know, see see what happens, I guess. Keen to play it next week. I've got the day off work. So do I. I didn't <laughs> took a day off. <laughs> oh, I didn't do that, but I'll, I'll finish it over the weekend for sure. Um, Sweet. Cool. Uh, well, I guess we can move on to some of our bigger news items. Hold right? on, there's there's one more uh, small piece of news I just want to quickly get out of the way, and that is Street yeah, Fighter V's final, final edition. We swear it, please. <laughs> uh, it's releasing in December where it's just Street Fighter V with every character and every piece of DLC on... Does it have the words deluxe or ultimate in the title? It is, is it called produced by Todd Howard? I, I believe <laughs> it is called the Street Fighter V all-character pack. Is it, is it the so it's so it's not the ultimate edition or the deluxe edition it is not so there's going to be a future one it's it's called the street fighter four for uh, sorry five champion edition <laughs> street, street fighter one. four yes, dash two character at the end of champion <laughs> edition thank you for that yeah but yeah it releases december 9 for uh about 52 dollars us uh just has uh everything uh post-released for the game all in one package so if you haven't gone into street fighter 5 yet now's the chance <laughs> Every, everyone is here <laughs> uh yeah champion edition came it, it had the game and this is just like adding the latest season pass onto the end of it 
Right, so this, this like $52 will include the base game? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, okay, that's okay then. That's not too bad, especially considering the price of some Street Fighter games. That's actually pretty good. But yeah, um, I guess now is the time we move on to a little bit bigger news. Uh, actually continuing the trend of fighting games. Uh, in a in a recent Famitsu article, uh, Sakurai was uh, interviewed about the future of Smash Brothers, and he had some interesting takes about this. Um, so I'm just going to read out some bullet points from this that I've in the article. Um, Sakurai says he is not thinking of a sequel. Uh, he's not thinking of it every time he gets. However, he can't say with certainty that Smash Ultimate is the end of Smash. Uh, he needs to think about whether he has to release a Smash game or not, even if he has to do something that would disappoint users, um, which uh, kind of makes sense because I don't know where you can go after Ultimate. You, I don't think you can bring back all those characters. You're going to have to start cutting and calling things. The third parties are going to have to go at some point as well, I feel like. I don't think Sora's coming back. I doubt Cloud and Sephiroth will come back. Um there's a yeah, there's that game's built up so much that it's going to be a disappointment with whatever they do next. So the, you're thinking there'll be like a smack, a smash, a smash the smash the oh, no, a smash exit like exit. Yeah, exactly. A smash yeah, it. I, I spoke <laughs> no. <for> ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sakurai says that he currently does not see a path where smash can be produced without him. Yeah. The ego on this. Wow, <laughs> but the, but the thing though. is, I believe him. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Look, when it comes to getting all these brands together and all these deals, I honestly do believe it was mostly Sakurai just sitting there and being the madman he is. Yeah. Um. <laughs> just wake wakes up, kisses his wife on the cheek, and says, "You know, you know, you know what would make today great? If Minecraft Steve was in Smash Ultimate." <laughs> Smokes a cigar and just like puts it out on someone's chest. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, absolute. Or or Chris Pratt. Oh. Or both. Yes. No. Sakurai Sakura in Smash is... voiced by Chris Pratt. Oh. Chris Pratt is already in Smash, okay? The lovable character Mario has been a day one character <laughs> since the beginning of the game. Um, following on from uh, Sakurai's very egotistical point, he also says, honestly, we did actually try leaving it to someone else, but it didn't go well. Uh, Damn. And... If the the last point is if the series were to continue, I have to talk with Nintendo and have a debate on whether it will succeed or not. I must think about this topic very seriously. Yeah, that makes sense. It's it's cool that he's giving it this much thought. Yeah, no, um, like we're just out of Sora's release, and there's already talks about whether another Smash will happen or not, and like just if it makes sense to do. It'll come up with a new Switch Pro. <laughs> I mean, what it'll happen is that people will still play no. melee and then compare it to melee. <laughs> is it really worth doing? Worth Dulux? <laughs> if a Switch Pro does happen, I'd be fine with a Smash Ultimate just re-releasing in 4K. Shout out to the one the Aussie one. and one Kiwi listener that yeah, got that joke. Good Dulux reference. Need to paint my house. Use colorbond for the fences and the roof. Oh my god! <laughs> Shut <laughs> up, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it in big news next week and fuck off. <laughs> All the neighbors come from the places around to see my deck. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on from memes. Sorry, sir. Continue. Yeah, I'm yeah, so, so sorry, sir. Any thoughts about um, uh, Sakurai talking about Smash like this? Just let it be out. Like, Sora's been out for like a week. Just yeah. Let everybody let have, have time. Yeah, just he's been out for like a month and he's already being grilled about the next game, which is very surprising to me. Oh, it's so yeah. surprising not surprising. Like, the moment he said that this was the end of Smash and made it in no uncertain terms. Uh, for, for Smash Ultimate, rather, um, in that video where they announced Sora, at the moment he said that, I was like, this poor guy's inbox and tweets and everything are just going to be flooded already, saying, what do you mean? But, Where's the next one? But, didn't, but don't you know that if you play the trailer backwards and flip the view angle 45 degrees, you see a question mark at the end? Mm. Uh, my favorite one was <laughs> when he had um, purple and yellow pillows in his background, so people thought that meant <laughs> yeah. while Luigi was confirmed. Yeah, wow. yeah so that... <laughs> Dude, I would, unironically, I'm I'm so sad that Waluigi's not in Smash, but that's a discussion. I'm not. Time. He's not even in any games. What do you mean? He's such a good character. He's a he's a mirror of a mirror. He's great. <laughs> I love him. Anyway, the, the, there's a there's a great like fully serious article on the, like I think it's like the postmodern like analysis of Waluigi as a character through the lens of like some sort of societal norm. It's it's, it goes places. Well, so, <laughs> I need to read that. So what you're trying to say is that we live in a Waluigi society. <laughs> no, we don't actually, because Waluigi was pointed down to being like a reflection of a reflection of a reflection to the point where he doesn't have his own identity and is like this weird uh, flux of a character that really shouldn't have any personality or exist. So, Chris Pratt. <laughs> is Chris Pratt playing Waluigi? God, who knows? <laughs> Waluigi voices Chris Pratt. Who knew? <laughs> I always thought there was something funny about his mom there. <laughs> I've never seen Waluigi and Chris Pratt in the same room. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I've, seen you guys in the same I've never seen Chris Pratt in the same room as anyone else. Honestly, <laughs> it could be anywhere. See, they say that Australia is not real, and we're all voice actors. Are we all voiced by Chris Pratt? <laughs> yes. Man, no, 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 no. That, that's that, that, that's only in that, that, that's only in the dubbed version of this podcast for North America. <laughs> Real people listen to it on sub. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, who's gonna caption our videos? <laughs> um, I guess we should probably move on to, to more news though. Yeah, uh, so real quick, uh, I don't think we gotta say too much about this, but um the Switch wins Christmas because the Steam Deck got delayed by two months. Oh, that's right, yeah. That's probably tied up to <laughs> <laughs> Gabe Newell just grins at the camera. Um, that's that's probably tied up in all the supply chain shortages that are affecting like every electronic it sector is, at yeah. the moment. It, it, it is. is 100% that that's what Valve said. Uh, it's crazy. Um, just for like uh, like um, transistors and like semiconductors alone, they they think that it's going to be into like Q3 2022 before uh things start and resuming that as, yeah that's like more normal that's so like insane things to stop this happening again so yeah and it's the bloody toilet paper yeah. shortage all over again like there, there's enough of people buy what they yeah. need but instead it's like panic buying but on like yeah. a corporate scale it's weird i mean this isn't like the first company to have these issues right it's not going to be the last so it's just something that we're going to have to accept for probably a number of years until they either build up another silicon manufacturer 
um, or whatever else they're missing, and really just they've started doing that. Yeah, I know. I think it, uh, I think it was mostly because of factories being hit by COVID. It, it was, and especially there were countries it's a, that. What? No, no, it's so it's it's like a perfect storm. So um, you have some places that require a shit ton of water to like manufacture these semiconductors and transistors um, that are going through like droughts, like once in X number of year droughts uh, before COVID, before everything else. It was just like drought, drought weather. Awesome. Uh, then you had COVID, which meant that you had to reduce the amount of people in your manufacturing for social distancing and things. So. Uh, manufacturing output which was already reduced is now lower and then you have the third impact of uh the switch from people wanting to maintain their businesses being open having to invest in infrastructure that requires a lot of these component trees uh that way their workers can work from home so you have a demand surge so you have like three or four things which if any one of them was the only thing it's fine the market can adjust but to have all three at once is just like kicking it while it's down yeah and obviously you know spinning up a, a new silicon manufacturing process they're billions of dollars to get ones off the ground and yep. they take a lot of time to get off the ground and very precise measurements and other bits and pieces for these machineries that need to be absolutely like exactly precise so it's not an easy thing that's, that's going to be fixed probably in the next year it'll it'll continue yeah i i think it's i i oh there's someone someone in the in the u.s is scaling up production of this i, I want to say hp or intel not sure could be uh, someone else T tmsc knows, i know but, definitely are as well which is samsung owns them i think now um hmm. but 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 the the timelines to get these new manufacturing facilities online is on the scale of like two to five years yeah it's it's pretty crazy um, obviously the demand will go down as people like especially a, a lot of workforce is buying these laptops uh which use a lot of silicon are uh, forcing this but um as they're also kind of one-shot sales yeah. like once they have them they, they're not like continuously yeah that's what i was gonna this. say it's kind right? of like once buying and then that replacing. initial demand is gone there will be a lot less and things will, will calm down especially with the you know the major console releases and everything similar thing you're not going to have a guy buying a ps5 every year once these people have them you know they they will slow down we have to have people to, to to buy them right in order to actually have scalpers to sell them um <laughs> right so yep that's obviously silicon shortages and the um the steam deck <laughs> being delayed i know yeah we've burned through quite a lot of news uh what's left uh, uh i got one more piece of news i want to cover and that's uh Elden Ring get, had a 20-minute gameplay showcase, and also, also some uh, YouTube influencers got uh, early access to the network test. So there is a lot to cover with this game at the moment. Test. Please be codes. As a content creator, <laughs> no, 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 we're not going to do that. Is that who we are? Yeah, I, I, I feel shunned, honestly. <laughs> honestly, uh, honestly, if you um. If you want to get a code, make a friend at Nam Namco Bandai. I would be Is it Bandai Namco? It might be Bandai Namco. I, I always forget which way around that is. I'm, I'm just, I, I honestly have no idea. I just, I think I've heard it. That way. Anyway, fuck, that was, anyway, that was such so, an irrelevant comment. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, first off, if all you care about is whether the game is good or not, it is good. It is very good. Uh, so, okay, that's it. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so... um. So for the people that stuck around... <laughs> yeah, so for the people that stuck around past that... Uh, Hi, Mum. It's, <laughs> it's basically Dark Souls 4, but um, it's a big culmination of every past, like, Souls game, Sekiro, Bloodborne. Uh, they've just... 
uh, FromSoft has basically taken the best bits of every game and just made it into this one giant super game. Um, the uh, Most people I've seen talk about it are saying that the open world feels more similar to Dragon's Dogma than it does to Skyrim or Breath of the Wild. And um, the dungeons, yes, mini dungeons and worlds. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's more like um, those games have like uh, like Breath of the Wild and Skyrim are very much environment driven and uh, you just go and explore while um, Dragon's Dogma World has a lot of um, small encounters and fights yeah. f- scattered throughout the Love world Dragon map Dogma. and that's more what the yeah and that's more what Elden mm, Ring is yeah. going for um, fighting enemy uh, going off that as well fighting enemies in the open world can replenish your flasks because um just trying to make a restore point at every bonfire seems a little insane when you have an open world like this. You might go, like, hours on end without a refill, so I guess that's their way of negating it. Is it, uh, is it like a chance done? thing? What was is that? Is it like a chance thing that you get a refill, or is it, you know, you fight ten enemies of this this strength and you get a flask back, or if you fight, like, one enemy of a stronger strength, you get a flask back kind of thing. I think it's just like if you ever fight a big group of enemies, you'll get flasks back, but it's not guaranteed to be a full... Oh, uh, so it's like how okay. it works in Bloodborne, where it's like a, mm. a drop. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Pro- more like that, yeah. Um, There are small dungeons in there, and uh, uh, big castles that feel like actual Dark Souls levels. And the small dungeons you can find in the open world can take you anywhere from 30 minutes to 60 minutes to complete. Uh, There's bosses out in the open world as well, and beating them gives you weapon skills. And also, those big boss fights in the open world actually interact with the environment in some capacity during the fight. Uh, You get horseback. Uh, Horseback completely changes the game uh, everywhere from traversal to combat. Uh, and enemies can knock you off horseback, but you can also knock enemies off their horses and get like big uh, reposts attacks off them. Uh, big large enemies have multiple lock-on points now, so that's going to help you with um, like targeting specific areas of them, but also just generally helps with uh, some camera issues that past games had. Okay. Sorry, there's a lot here, and um, I'm trying to burn through these as fast as I can. Yeah, no, I I, I watched I watched the uh, the 20 minute video, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I agree uh, with everything you're saying. <laughs> I also, don't know. I also these notes are scattershot. shot. Like I was, I've watched yeah. I watched three people talk about it. So um, yeah, I I would have liked to categorize these in like, hey, here's system stuff, here's gameplay stuff, but I'm just gonna go through how I wrote I'll, them. I'll, I'll I'll let you finish your notes, then I got one question for you at the end of that. Sure thing. So um, there's a crafting system in the game, but they've made it extremely simple. And you can craft items that uh, let you do co-op and invasions. Uh, invasions are turned off by default because uh, horses are disabled during multiplayer. So I guess they thought um, it'd be annoying to ge- get kicked off your horse whenever you were being invaded. Um, some areas are super dark and you need a torch to reverse them properly, which is very intentional. There's a day-night cycle in the game, and some enemies are more active depending on the time of day. Like, you'll have bats, that are, giant bats that are active during night. Um, the PS5 version was the one that was tested. Uh, seems to hold 60 FPS in performance mode most of the time. Uh, as long as you're not in combat or in a dungeon, then you can fast travel from anywhere on the map to any bonfire. Uh, there is now a weak point indicator for when you can repost. Ah, cool. Uh, Very game, really 
Sorry, I didn't interrupt, but I'm just, yeah. I, as someone who cannot replace it all, so I have no hand-eye coordination skills at all. Finally. <laughs> yeah, no, whenever yeah, whenever you stagger enemies now, they have like this big glowing orange spot to let you know, hey, this is where you have to repost them. Oh my god. I'm just... Okay, sorry, yeah, I didn't interrupt it. I continue on. Best quality no, no, of life fine. feature. If if you need to interrupt at any point to just can, say something, then I can go finally on. Get good. Yes. <laughs> uh the game feels and looks a lot like Dark Souls. Uh, Dark Souls 3, sorry. Uh, there's two types of bosses in the game uh, that, that are indicated by uh, when you defeat them, you have foe defeated or great foe defeated. Uh, to activate the two-handed weapons in this, you have to hold triangle and pr press both bumper buttons because triangle is now the instract button and X is uh, jumping now. Good. Uh, you won't find many NP NPCs in the open world, but there are some that do give um, uh, side quests. There's also ambient wildlife, like you'll find sheep and deer and stuff. I don't know why I felt the need to write that one down, but I did. Can you kill them for sport? You can kill them for crafting yeah, materials. Close there we go. That 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 that's why you put it. Is it the Dark Souls of Monster Hunter? Yep. No, it is the <laughs> Dark Souls of Skyrim. At <laughs> least. Uh, wait, wait, which which edition? The smart people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, so this is a guess from um from Pat stares at, but he's estimating that the network test is about one third the size of one sixth of the game's total map size. Uh, if that makes Wait, sense. What? No, it, it doesn't. doesn't. Make sense. Try that again. Okay, okay. So the 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 area that you can see on the map in the network test is about he's estimating is about one sixth of the oh. total game map. But okay. All yeah. you can play of that is one third of is that one map. third. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, blocking got a huge buff actually. This one's really exciting to me. So if you successfully block an attack, there's a a small window where you can press R two after the uh, after the block. And it does a new attack that does a shit ton of stagger damage and can actually stagger enemies down for a repost. Hmm, that's good. Blocking felt. Ah, uh, this one I actually liked the way it was old. worded in the video, so I wrote it down the way they said it. Jump attacks have been replaced by jump attacks. Nice. I love that. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> improvement. Finally, the change I've been I know waiting exactly for. what they mean as well. <laughs> yeah. So instead of jumping <laughs> off a ledge and then doing a dropping attack. You can now jump with X and then do an attack that oh, way. Cool. The jumping in all the Souls games has been so terrible up until this point. Yeah. So that is actually Yeah, no, so exciting. now they have the Sekiro jump. Excellent. 10 out of 10. That's already uh, worth the game actually, The game actually distinguishes between when you're in combat and not in combat now. If you're not in combat, then uh, sprinting and weapon swings do not consume your stamina. Uh, yeah, I was wondering if that would be the change. That's like the Monster Hunter style mm. um, combat. Yeah, but also um, uh, swinging, you cannot do like full combo swings. You just do like one or two swings with the sword while not in combat. Just enough to break. I don't know why. I don't know why that's the case. Um, healing miracles heal partners, both NPC and players, so you can make a uh, a healer, um, a, a healer build. If for when you do co-ops or like you summon NPCs to help you in the game. Uh, fall damage does exist, but I think it's mitigated by the horse's double jump. Like yeah, because you can that... fall, yeah, you can fall big distances. But I think as long as you do the horse's second jump right before you hit the floor, then you won't take any of the fall damage. Hmm. 
that because that that was going to be my question of uh in the developer um gameplay they they made a big point to show when you leap off a cliff with the horse and i guess do the horse double jump you don't take any fall damage but then at the same time only at certain spots uh, at the bottom of a cliff does it look like you can instantly jump back to the top. Yeah, and no, there's um, there's a very specific aerial vents at certain pots, uh, spots in the map where you can do that. But yeah. um, you don't have to go in the direction they want you to with those. So, like, you could go run into one, and then as you're flying upwards, you can do a 180 and try to land somewhere else. Ah, okay. Because I took that as like a like a not like pre-rendered, but like a predetermined like you you go to this vent and it takes you up to the top of this specific cliff. I didn't yeah, realize yeah, it was no, just like I, a vertical boost. I thought the same thing, but yeah, it is it is just like a vertical boost, and it does try to edge you towards something, but you can like steer it other directions. That's cool. Um, stealthing has been uh, has been added, like the Sekiro stealth, where you crouch and walk slowly, so you don't have to like very slightly nudge the analog stick now to get your. Uh, walk do you have like ledges and stuff stats. like that, like ledge grabs that you can sort of do, like in Sekiro? I didn't see any of that, unfortunately. Okay. I I've just seen um I've just seen crouching walks. Um, unfortunately, in the uh, open world, you can actually abuse the boss AI and get them stuck in geometry and kill them with range attacks. Which is a bit unfortunate, but uh, that's a cheap way to kill things if you're having trouble. I count that as a Bethesda yeah. bug. Sorry, Bethesda feature. <laughs> uh, so a big thing that a big thing they're doing is that uh, you can do weapon skills now. So um, and uh, you can attach weapon skills to uh, different weapons. Some some weapon skills don't attach to every weapon. But at the same time, there's some weapons that have unique weapon skills. And these are things like um, their own weapon-specific spells. Like uh, one of the ones I saw is that they have Virgil-style summon swords where it summons... It, it makes four uh, magical swords appear around you and then they uh, like machine gun fire into enemies. Um, like Dark Souls 1, you can level up at any bonfire now again. Ah, oh, cool. Equipment burden is tied to your strength stat now. Uh, power stance is back, and it just works this time by just equipping the same type weapon into your free hand. Uh, weapons now have four to six hit combos on the R1 button, and each swing is a unique animation now, instead of just going left, right, left, right. Uh, bows are good. Uh, they're just good now. <laughs> Worth using. <laughs> Uh, spells are, t are tied to your intelligence while miracles are tied to your faith and spells can be comboed now um, faith builds are looking to be very strong there's lots of good attack miracles uh, goofy gimmicky weapons and goofy gimmicky enemies exist in the game so that'll be a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> did they pay Disney for that? <laughs> wow again <laughs> There is a new type of respawn points that are usually found near boss doors now as well, so you don't have to do the the Dark Souls run through a level to get to the boss. Uh, oh yeah, that's okay. I'm just... I feel like that was part of the part yeah, of the challenge. Yeah, that was sort of like I'm warming up. <laughs> uh, double KOing bosses counts as a win. Oh, uh, oh have... yeah. Okay, nice. Invaders have an item on their hotbar now that uh, is a quick travel to the host because of just how big the map is. They kind of need it. 
<laughs> but um, it's also kind of very quick to use, so it can be used to escape an encounter against the person you're invading if they're getting the upper hand against you. Oh my god. Uh, oh, hang on, I, I, th I thought you said it travels to the host. It does. Like, Wouldn't it, travels it not do the, anything? It, no, no, it, it travels near the host, sorry. Like, so it puts right you like a... being a, like comboed, you can just throw it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I I, yeah, it, it puts you like a predetermined distance away, but it puts you like close to them. I hope that gets disabled um, when you're in a certain range of them, because that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it probably that's will. It. Um, summoning NPCs is only available at certain locations on the map, usually indicated by a, um, a new piece of UI on the screen. Yeah, uh, there's no, there's there's no major boundaries in the co-op. The only one is that uh, is for places that you need a horse to enter, but um, there's no invisible walls or fog doors or anything blocking you. So you can like rock up together in the open world, go find a dungeon, go into the dungeon and beat it, and just keep go ro rolling through it with a friend. So my multiplayer now has multiplayer. Very nice. Aww. Yes. It, it is not a pain in the ass anymore. Um, invaders also get a, a waypoint on their compass that points towards the host, but uh, hosts do not get one pointing towards invaders because that would give them an edge. Um, there are signposts in the worlds that are used as like summoning signposts where it's supposed to be like this central location where you can go and find like people's summon signs. You can still place them anywhere in the world, but this like this just gives you like a uh, a central location to easily find people to play with. And there's a guard break kick that is PvP exclusive and only while you're using barehanded, and it is very strong and instantly puts people into a repose state. Hmm. I wonder if they're still going to have that Dark Souls dial-up invasion experience where you'll hit someone in front of you, you won't hit them. But then they'll dial up glitch, teleport everywhere, they're behind <laughs> you, and backstab you for all of your health. And then, the yeah. thing I've seen yeah. is that people can't actually be comboed. You can, uh, like, usually there'd be a thing where, like, if you're doing R1 hits, you could hit them, and their hit stun would be long enough for, like, the second and then the third hit to go through. But in uh, Elden Ring, you can only get one attack off like that. Hmm. You can't combo people in PvP. Hmm. But yeah, those are all my points for the Elden Ring. I have one point on Elden Ring, and it is, um, why the fuck did they limit it to 60 FPS on PC in this current day, on this current year? <laughs> what the fuck, guys? 24 frames a second, you're fine. No! <laughs> Shut it! <laughs> I have had enough of you! Console games, right? 60 frames a second is Steven, not you, you, for, for, for those that use two eyes to view, that's 48 frames a second. Let's, you know... Still not close to 60. Classic entitled games. But yeah, yeah but, um, for the, but, but for those yeah. with a third eye, it would start looking really laggy. <laughs> that, that also does. <laughs> I have opened That's my shutter and news. now all games look like they lag to me. <laughs> yeah. and, now, and now Elder Spring looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, that 60 FPS news does actually kind of like baffle me because the new gen consoles are trying to push towards 120 fps which is like and then there's from soft here going oh hey we're aiming for 60 i mean <laughs> like i get that if the consoles have a limitation to run this right but like they've done it for every single freaking souls game that they've brought to pc so far all of them has been a 60 fps except for i think the first one which was 30 fps and every single one of them has had a mod to re to remove that cap 
Yeah. <laughs> Within like four days, this is gonna yeah. have the exact same fucking thing. Just uncap it. <laughs> the, the the developers are just relying on the community to figure out how to uncap their frame rates at this point. Like, like, uh, like they did. They they had to rely on them to figure out how to do sixty FPS. They had to rely on them to completely fix Dark Souls One so that it was playable on PC. So uh, Dark Souls I don't know, man. The two frames. Yeah, no, it was on. Yeah, love that. Oh no, I'm dead again. Oh fuck, poison. God, I need to go back. To <laughs> yeah, but that, that's, that's play it from gameplay, <laughs> not from hey, I can't load this game. Why is it running at six seconds, uh, six frames per second? What is this thing called Games for Windows Live? Please, God, no. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that isn't that just the middleware between that and uh, you play? <laughs> it may as well. I'm gonna be sick. At least game uh, Games for Windows Live had the decency to die. <laughs> and then I'll just, hey, you need to update. Yeah. Excuse me, it's now <laughs> called the shit. EA desktop application. <laughs> uh, my my favorite part of buying a game on Steam thinking, oh, at least I don't have to use Origin, and then you launch it, and Origin's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Heard you talking um, shit about me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, there, there is actually so much more to talk about the Elden Ring network test, but I wanted to keep it very light on actual gameplay spoilers and just go about mechanics and features. I think we'll probably talk much more heavily about what the, the the network test really sort of looks like next week as it opens up and expands to to more people, right? Yeah, definitely. Like when when people are like actually allowed to like stream it and show full lengths of gameplay instead of like sliced up gameplay chunks. Mm -hmm. Once my uh, once my uncle gets us a code. Thanks. I don't know about you, but if I'm dealing with Bondi Namco or Namco Bondo, Bondi Namco. But um, <laughs> call it Bondulence. I'm having a stroke. Um, <laughs> no, I think um. If I was trying to dig a code out, it'd be for Rise for PC. At least that's not capped to 60 FPS. <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, I, I'm pretty keen to, to give it a go, actually. I think it looks quite good, and the magic looks better than ever, so I'm keen. Yeah, the game looks fantastic. It's the most excited I've been about any of these um, FromSoft Souls games, <laughs> honestly. Like, I love Bloodborne, um, like that Victorian era gothic victorian style really got to me mm. um yeah i really like yeah, bloodborne too right. sekiro there was also what hasn't been a bloodborne too sorry <laughs> bad joke oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, yeah this, this is what i get for recording it what's almost 2 a.m new zealand time man that's <laughs> terrible yeah so um uh yeah just Elden Ring looks fantastic. Like that year-long hiatus of no news was. People were being really insane about that, but um, I'm glad that the game's coming out and looking really good, and like probably game of the year next year. Calling my shot. Mm. That's not Pokemon's Legend Arceus, even though yeah. I have no intention. That's of not Temtem's release on Switch. Xbox. You want on Xbox? <laughs> oh, fuck, no. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Xbox. Um, Didn't you hear Temtem's coming out on Xbox next week? It can't be Game of the Year next year. Oh, to, uh, <laughs> it's Game of the Year every year. Right? <laughs> to wrap up but, the, um, um, the, the new segment, unless you want to have something more about Elden Ring. No, uh, that's about it I've got on Elden Ring, but um, I hear there's something going on for Xbox. you want to yeah. talk us through that? Yeah, so just off the back of the uh, Temtem will definitely be announced at this. Cough, cough, cough. 
Um, there is for well for anyone that doesn't know, Xbox is twenty years old now. Uh, it's the twentieth year for Xbox. They're doing an anniversary stream on the sixteenth of November, and there are currently a whole bunch of events in the Master Chief Collection for Halo and other bits and pieces like that. So um, I'm thinking we can just talk very briefly around potentially what we want out of this for this anniversary stream. Perfect dark. I want to see that new perfect <laughs> that dark. Was so quick. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, I, it, 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 it instantly entered you. my head and I needed to see it before it left. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's a, I, that would be good. <laughs> Crystal Dynamics is uh, apparently helping Microsoft work on that, so I want to see what they're doing now that they're past uh, Tomb Raider and uh, Marvel. Yeah, it'd be nice to see them get past something that is, is Marvel, for sure. Um, I want to see, like, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, no, it's hyping up that um table four whenever that comes up big fan of the table series oh yeah no my, my uncle will get us oh, a good for that too don't worry is it <laughs> yeah, yeah that's good. That's <laughs> yeah that's 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 what i want as well like i i really want um well forza forza motorsport news uh, after the fun i've been having with forza and i would love some fable news um yeah i would love to see at least a rough date or at least a gameplay trailer of what the new fable looks like um obviously being that they now own bethesda as well there's a strong chance that there could be some starfield news here as well which would be very interesting um and then I, i'm hoping that they just really kind of go all out and just add a whole bunch of things to game pass that are going to be worth playing which you know every time they do one of these events they, they kind of throw a few games into game pass but it's like games to say like by the way this is available day yeah one. it'll be available like now. really good games as well it'll be like uh, a final fantasy 7 remake how we're, we're going home but final fantasy 14 oh, we're going imagine. home x breakthrough one I mean, there's a good to fair chance they could add Final Fantasy 14. It is coming to Xbox at some yeah, point, they did say. Yeah, it's coming. So, so it's Temtem. I, I'm, they just haven't said when. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know... They're waiting on Temtem to, to test the waters. <laughs> One of these days, One of these days. Expros, we're going home. Just, just stay, stay, yeah, stay, stay strong for yeah. a bit longer. There, we, we, we got this. There's actually one more thing I'd like to see, and this is definitely much lower chance, but I'd love to see a new Killer Instinct. That'd be no, cool. No, that'd be alright. When's that? Yeah, that'd be alright with that. The one big thing I think is definitely gonna gonna come though, um, because you know, for for people that don't know, Halo obviously released with the Xbox, so it is the 20th anniversary of Halo as well. They they've got to show something for Infinite. Um, whether that's a, a another gameplay trailer or um, just just something else, a, a multiplayer beta announcement test or something, there'll be something for it for sure. It's like three weeks, so, three weeks away though. I'd, I'd be quite disappointed actually. Like it's, I mean, yeah. they could be showing um, the the multiplayer co op or announcing a date for that to be yeah, released as well as like released. RTX implementation because yeah, that, that's not coming on release yeah. so. Um, this is maybe the ray tracing update will get announced. Yeah, yeah, the RTX, yeah. like I just said. Yeah. Um, so that's this this twentieth anniversary stream will be the sixteenth of November, and I don't remember the exact date. Infinite's being released now. It's been pushed back so many times, but yeah, it is only a couple of weeks away. I think away, it's like so. the sixth of December, sixth or third, something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's so soon. it's not not too far away. So I'm yeah, I'm curious to see what it is. It could even be like a hey, you know there's a pre-release for people for as part of this if you've supported xbox for x amount of weeks like you have no idea um mm. so I'm, I'm curious to see what it's going to be and yeah excited keen 
Cool. Hmm. And on that note, we'll uh, hopefully make sure that this episode actually goes up before then. <laughs> that way people listening are reminded of it rather than us telling them about it when it's already happened. But no, we should be on track for that. Yep. Um, it sounds like that brings us to the end of the news section, though. Uh, lots of good stories in there. Uh, should we take a quick uh, sneak peek at next week? Anyone want to want to bring up what they might be having in plan for, for the yeah, next sure, week? Yeah, sure. I'll jump in first. Uh... Pokemon comes out next Friday, as we've discussed many times, but I'm definitely day one preloading that. I'll definitely be getting on that ASAP. And I'll also try back in, because Halo Infinite's coming out, I'm going to go back and play the entire Master Chief collection. Probably not going to do it on Legendary difficulty, because hey. I'd throw myself off my balcony. Um, oh. I just don't feel like having a hard day at work, coming home and forcing myself to get through the Legendary. I might just do it on the hard or something. God forbid I do it on easy. Yeah, that's it for me. Cool. Anyone else got something exciting? I know, obviously, Josh, you're probably also in the same boat with BDSP coming out next week. I mean, week. yeah, so we'll, we'll probably be recording just again before that releases, so I'll be just more hyped for that. Um, I have yet to still actually play Age of Empires 4, despite being super hyped for it, so I'll probably actually give that a go, as well as um, I've actually been doing Legendary on, on Halo, so I've got to wrap up Halo Reach this week. Um, that's the last one I've got to do. And yeah, that's probably it so far that's, that's on my calendar to do other than a bit more Forza Horizon 5. So yeah, Seth? So I don't know about the next week, but uh, Josh, if you want to join me, we got about two hours to do the Final Fantasy fourteen Cross Dragon Quest event before it goes away. What now? Yeah, right now. I'm, I'm not doing <laughs> that. Got two, it, it ends in two hours, so I'm going to be hopping onto Final Fantasy fourteen and doing that as to get much my slime hat. I would absolutely love to do that. It is midnight. <laughs> it is not it's a gaming hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, any, anything else you've got planned next week, Seth? Uh, I'll definitely have finished uh, Jack X by then. Maybe I'll have finished Final Fantasy Tactics by then and I'll get to actually talk about it on this podcast. But, um, yeah, I I don't have any, like, actual definitive plans at the moment. And I guess last but not least, our host, Patrick. Um, I don't want to commit to anything because chances are I'll still be playing some combination of Deep Rock Galactic and Forza Horizon 5. But I have picked up uh, Rift Breaker and Road 96, and I intend to play one of those between now and next week, at least just for some sort of variety so that I'm not just <laughs> talking about the same two games every week. But we'll see. I'm not going to commit to it, but might try and try and play one of those and see where we get. Uh, but that is what... <clears throat> Oh, excuse me. That is what everyone has to look forward to next week. Uh, but this sadly brings us to the end of what is a pretty chocker episode two. Um, thank you everyone for for listening this far, if you if you still are. Um, yeah, we look forward. Uh, we've we've loved having you in the lounge. Uh, fortunately, the lounge is time to close. So uh, we'll be we'll be signing off from here, and we'll see you guys next week. Any signing out comments from the the other three? Goodbye, everyone. Make sure that your cat pisses in the dirt box. Uh, nothing from me other than to plug our socials so if you haven't already go follow us on you know YouTube, Spotify, wherever you're listening and uh, we'll catch you next week and uh, just remember that if you're going 200 fasts an hour to kill the police on the fucking moon <laughs> I really regret I really regret asking for, for closing comments but I guess that'll have to do thanks everyone, see you next week